brought us to the Soul Podcast. I'm going to be doing this episode with my buddy Chip Seven. Um, I'm going to have I'm going to have him headed right now. Just give it a sec, people. Doing this Instagram. Greetings. Greetings. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Here it goes. This is a Suspended Soul podcast. I am here with my buddy Chip. This is my first time doing this live. So, um, yeah, it'll be on the podcast. A little background on Chip and my friendship for people who are tuning in. Uh, What we'd say, I've been friends for... What would you say? Probably early 2000s, right? Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah. You were... first, did I meet you the first time? I lived in Kansas City. I think that was 2000 yeah. And, yeah. 2001. Yeah. 2001. It's almost 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So background on Chef. He's originally from the New Jersey area, living in Thailand now. Um, does write, does artwork, um, and do... Uh, hip-hop heavily now, came from punk hardcore and other things, probably hates all the labels in society just like myself, but anyways, welcome, how are you? Thank you, I'm good, I'm good, just had a nice dinner with my uh, wife, and uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so you just had a birthday, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. So my wife took me to dinner. We had a nice little dinner down the street. And then um, I uploaded my new music video and kind of took it easy today. Tomorrow I have a show. And so back uh, back to grind tomorrow. Yeah, it's back, it's, it's, uh, back, to, the, it's back to the grind. As, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, tomorrow will um, be fun. Tomorrow will be fun. I'm just joking. To, so it's Christmas here. And as you are about 13 hours ahead of me, so you just basically had Christmas there, even if I don't know if it's celebrated, it was basically your birthday also. Oh, yeah, they were, they, they were celebrating. They were celebrating for sure. I mean, it's just a festive day where people go out and party. Um, I was supposed to have a show yesterday, and it got canceled. And then um, I ended up having a nice dinner, and then I went out to, like, the – you know, to uh, see some friends after that. So it was, uh, there were, people were out for sure, you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of wild. Uh, nobody's been out here in Chicago. It's, it's dead land, um, you know, pandemic going on for everybody. For sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah let's, yeah, let's start talking about some stuff. So, like I said, for viewers, you've been really working on, I'm putting actually out for viewers that didn't know. I'm doing a cassette tape for you here in the, yeah. here in the pizza for Lamer land. Yeah, that would be dope. People have, they tell for people that don't, aren't familiar with your hip-hop stuff yet, maybe how that came about, how you ended up in Thailand a little. I know there's a kind of, kind of lessons in one, but maybe just Lamer land and the hip-hop adventure. Oh, um, for sure. First. Well, how I ended up in Thailand. It would be better adventure. It would be what? better adventure. Um, growing up in the States, maybe a little bit first, and how you got into like artwork and got into punk and maybe kind of the, your, a little bit of your history and background. Probably oh, 
Okay, for sure. Well, I started writing graffiti in 1994 on, like, stickers and then painting walls in 1995. Um, I always drew when I was a kid. I have dyslexia. Um, and, you know, it was kind of, I think, a coping mechanism for me, like, because I, I was always having trouble, like, um, you know, with standard things in school and this kind of stuff. I didn't really get good grades. I wasn't, you know, I couldn't really read that much stuff. So I was always heavily into drawing, doodling, and that kind of stuff. Then I was into comic books. And then from comic books, I got into graffiti, like, from from my brother. My brother had gone to, um, like, kind of a detention camp or a camp for bad kids. And he picked up graffiti when he was there. And when he came back, I, I got into it. And a lot of us were getting into it in the neighborhood. I, and uh you know like yeah. it was really i was really influenced by like the the artifacts they had a song called wrong side of the tracks which was like played on bet and umtv raps and that showed them showed doing graffiti that. yeah it's amazing you're one of the first people that ever showed me showed me you're one of the first people that ever showed me that and i already kind of for viewers out there since this will be on a podcast also and people will be listening for viewers out there Chip and me did work together for a long KC. We'll talk about that more as we go along. But so I know a lot of your background. It's kind of for viewers out there that don't know it. So the wrong side of the track, artifacts, and keep going. Yeah, so I, I got into graffiti in the, around that time period. Like 1995 is when I was painting walls. And then in 1996, I was painting, you know, more of on a constant basis. In 1996, Rhyme, who was from Staten Island, moved to New Jersey. And um, then the scene just kind of um, exploded. You know, I'm from central New Jersey. It's about 45 minutes from New York, but we can take the train to New York. And then I made up my own crew in 1997, Mayhem. And we started with some guys in New York City and some guys in Jersey. And then we built... Mayhem Ninjas. Yeah, Mayhem Ninjas. We built, we built from there. And then, like, you know, over time, you know, I bounced around. I moved 10 places in 10 years. You know, I lived in... Jersey, New York, Kansas City, briefly in Philly. Um, I lived in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I lived in Richmond, Virginia. I really bounced around a lot before I ended up um, moving to Thailand. Um, and, uh, and then you ended up back. You ended up back in Kansas City again, and then you also wrote for From Autumn to Ashes for a while too, which are all good friends of our. Yeah. Our, our yeah. Yeah, I wrote it from from Autumn to Ashes for a few years. That was that was a great time. Um, we traveled all around the United States, and I got to even travel to Europe with them. That was amazing. Like kind of getting used to tour life and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, like um, with like punk rock and stuff like that. I I basically got into a lot of punk rock stuff from my friend Nace. Um, Nace passed away in two thousand and one. But he was, yeah, rest in he was yeah, rest in paradise. He but he was he was uh, straight edge, uh, vegetarian, into hardcore, and he kind of got me into um, the Bad Brains, the Misfits, these type of groups. And uh, you know, I was when I was younger, I listened to mostly when I was in high school, I listened to mostly hip hop, and then like after high school, I started listening to a lot more other stuff. I mean, I always listened to rock that my mom liked in the 70s and 80s kind of rock but you know from i think that's pretty much how i got into punk was from was from nates from rolling with him and uh you know the bad rates really struck a chord with me like 
as they did with many people, you know. So, oh, yeah, me, me yeah. too. I mean, I think I'm not... I think our friendship kind of, I don't know how our friendship really begins. I guess it's kind of through Will Boone, right? right? I yeah, I think, Boone. I think it is. I think it is through Will Boone. I remember the first time I saw you. I, I don't remember what show it was at, but you were like, yeah. he was wearing the patch of the band I liked, and I said, I, what's up to him, and we became <laughs> friends. And then I remember we friends up later on living with him, him in Kansas City. He was staying over there. Yeah. Uh, well, well, like, like I remember the first time I saw you, Brett. We, I, I don't remember what show it was, but I remember you were saying this is this is hardcore, not MTV, and you were, uh, you know, bullying, bullying, you know, like stalking a bunch of kids down, you know. And I forgot who told me, oh, that's that's Brett, you know. I was you know, I was a lot wilder than I am now. I kind of, you know, I kind of not so much about that anymore and I didn't I didn't intentionally try to throw anybody I don't think I was ever that type of person but it was just all on good clean fun you know what I, yeah, I mean hardcore hardcore has always kind of been a little rowdy for I mean, sure it's just kind of the, it's just kind of the nature of the, of the beast unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely absolutely man but, but so then the, what you still support the the seat I mean, I still, I support every, I support everything. I think it's, uh, I mean, I still like a lot of hardcore. I like a lot of other stuff. I like a lot of noise, a lot of electronic stuff these days, a lot of hip hop, yeah. a lot of rap, a lot of jazz. But yeah, I still like the aggressiveness of hardcore. It's uh, great to skateboard too, and it's great to let some emotions out too on bad days. And it's always great to hear somebody else let their emotions out, have a place where they can let their emotions out and have something to say, say, because I, I think hardcore is more than just, you know, a mosh pit to me. Oh, absolutely. It has, it has meanings. It's community for sure. It's like, yeah. it, it's it's similar to graffiti. It's it's community, you know, the community. Yeah, but I don't, I, yeah, but I don't want to just be in Sam niched into that or just disposed to be just a part of that, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to pigeonhole myself ever. And that's the yeah. of as artists. But I no, you know, sure. labels help. I guess all the labels help people understand what stuff stuff is. There's you know, I guess you can throw hardcore into the genres of power violence and grind and all those things too. I enjoy also. But I like a lot of stuff outside of that these days. Like I've been enjoying all the I've been enjoying all the synth stuff and all the noise stuff and a lot of the eighties revival stuff that's going on. Right now, there's a lot yeah, of I I, li- I like a lot of the, like I like a lot of the early '80s stuff too, like synth, the synth-driven stuff and golf stuff. I got into a lot of that stuff when I got when I got older. And then basically, like so, you know, from graffiti, I got opportunities to do commissions and to do art shows. And then from that, I, um, you know kept doing more art shows and more commissions. And then, you know, I would say the last 11 years, I've been a full-time artist. And um, I would say about four years ago, I started doing um, sensory deprivation tanks. Um, I had a, I had like an arm injury and uh, I always was looking into sensory deprivation tanks because uh, Fran actually had a song 
called Sensory Deprivation Adventure on, 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 you know, with Vermont and the Ashes. So I always wanted to try it. And I also heard it had like, oh, nice. I heard, I heard it also had therapeutic properties. So what happened was when I, when I tried this, like, um, I remembered when I was a kid that I wanted to be like, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a rapper, you know? And so it kind of like self-programmed myself to be a rapper, like after that. And one day, um, one of my good friends away, we were in the studio and I said, you know, I used to want to rap. And he basically just said, yeah, go in the booth and rap, which ended up being like the end part of the first song Palmer I put out. And then I just had this idea that I was going to basically, yeah, Palmer, (laughs) I basically had this idea that I was going to make this like experimental kind of like a series of videos. And at the end of everything, I would try to make a graphic novel out of it. And I would produce a bunch of work and have a bunch of different art shows and do murals and have it all be this kind of massive interconnected thing. And, um, you know, things, things didn't always go as planned of what I was going to do, but it being experimental, that's how it is. And, um, you know, today, today I released the 14th, like, official music video originally the concept was supposed to be like seven and then now i'm at 14 so it's like i'm going to uh hopefully next year put out the graphic novel but it was very like very like um i don't know it's personal mixed with fantasy it's weird how like going to the sensory sensory deprivation tank kind of activated that in me and made me want to do it and it kind of self-programmed me to do it and I wouldn't stop until it was well, done. Well, you know, I was talking to Dwight from Integrity the other day about this when we're on the podcast and, if, and for, this will be up on the podcast too. And for viewers out there, they can check this later on out on Descended Soul podcast on Spotify or Apple. It's on all those things, but I'm talking to Dwight from Integrity and Cyber Warfare the other day. And he says there's something to be said about art having meaning behind it, about having something you're trying to convey, but leaving it up to fantasy. And yeah. Because he even tries to leave of his stuff up for fantasy or interpretation. Yeah. The view. And, and, you know, I think that's a so good to have. And, it, and, but it, some, it would, some, artists are, some artists in hardcore are very serious, and there's a straight-on message in some of them. And, some of it even in hardcore, as you understand, get to that fantasy point. That's, that even goes with hip-hop. That even goes with all the forms of yeah. music, I feel. But so, yeah, you're working on the new video. Who did that video? How'd you go about doing that? Um, the new video I made is with uh, Radio 3000. Um, we, uh, we, we just put it out today. And, um, like... Uh, it, it, it's um, it's uh, basically uh, you know about Christmas trees because today is Christmas, <laughs> but it's relating between wanting you know a woman, you know what I mean? Because you know THC comes from the female plant, so it's like the old you know comparing women <laughs> to this sort of thing. So, so yeah, that was the concept. He came up with the concept for the hook, and then I just, I just went and wrote in, wrote in my bars for it. But um, yeah, like uh, I got, you know, like I, I have another song coming out 
uh, next year too. So I try, I try to put out like this year, I put out four like real music videos. I did a bunch of freestyles, but I did like four like official music videos. So next year I hope to do more. <laughs> that makes me happy. That makes me happy to see you keep going. Yeah, it's a must, man. We got to keep going. Like, you know, in these times, you know, Thailand is, is my show got canceled yesterday because of there were some COVID concerns. Um, but um, everything's kind of, is, is pretty much open uh, around here now. And it's not as hit as bad as the rest of the, um, the country, but a lot of work got canceled and people are, you know, in kind of dark mental places. So I think if we're all going to be inside, we got to think of something to do that's constructive. You know what I mean? And we got to keep, like, for me, for me, Brett, I got to keep my mind busy, man. If I'm sitting around thinking of something, like, or I have idle hands, you know, like Morris, he said, the devil will find work for idle hands to do. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's not going to be productive for me. I need to be sitting and drawing and, and painting and, and writing, because that's the thing with the rap same, stuff. Same, same. same here. I've been even writing. Like, we've been, like we've been, in, been in, in the middle of the middle new. new. Yeah. So, so, so it's kind of like, like, I have all I my sense passed away in the way to play. Yeah. So I've been writing a lot and trying to do this podcast and find other productive, but I'm still at the old place. Yeah, but it's good to do. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think it's like, now's the perfect time to do something, if somebody has an interest in doing something, to go do it and not to be afraid to um, to fail at it too. Because even with me, you know, like when, when I first said I was going to rap, people were like, you, you're going to rap? Like they kind of thought, you know what I mean? Like what the hell is, you know, in America, they have the whole adage about being a struggle rapper. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, when, when you're a rapper, you got a lot of people kind of be like, this guy thinks he's a rapper. You know what I mean? Christmas Day to 
people. I hate to bring you a depressed Christmas there, but oh, yeah. But but the other but the other thing is too. It's like I have to. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is I with with me. It's like I I sometimes yeah. Don't worry, we don't want to say the other words. You know, people know what that is. If they don't, you need to get tuned in. All right, let's keep going. But, you know, it's like we should also try to be like, you know, we should also not try to hurt. They say hurt people, hurt people. We should also try not to be negative. I try to like, you know what I mean? Like try to stay positive, even though I haven't always been the most positive person in the past, you know? So it's like, I, I think being married and like, you know, my wife really helps me kind of, kind of center me and even, even me out. Cause I can be, you know, go, especially with graffiti and that kind of stuff, I could really go to extremes, you know what I mean? I get, like, very, like, obsessive compulsive. Graffiti is very obsessive compulsive. Even hardcore is, you know? I mean, how many hardcore shows have you gone to? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some viewers out there who will listen to this and for people who are watching it now. I'm high-functioning autistic. Yeah. So my mind gets obsessed with one thing, and things, things interrupt that environment. It's hard for me to deal with that. I can't, I, it's hard for me to take on a lot of multiple things. That's why it was yeah. hard for me to have one in front of the crowds at first and ever be around that many people. But yeah. you, you adapt. I guess you get more comfortable in your own skin as you go, as yeah. you go along in this world. And I, there may even be some view, younger viewers that are listening to this. And I say to them, and I'm sure you would say, don't, don't ever be afraid to push boundaries or for sure not to think outside the box because some of us don't do it really enough or really too much what other people think and that's the waste punk thing you can do or the most thing you always think the hip hop thing you can do you try to push boundaries and do your thing for and sure I think there's yeah, something so to, something to be said too about like self discovery with all this stuff when you push boundaries and you do experimental stuff like with me doing all the rap stuff it's been very like, I feel like I'm, you know, uh, I'm not holding anything in, you know. I, I can fully express myself, so I feel more free, you know, which is nice. Yeah, and, and so, well, yeah. and it's always kind of like, even when we were talking about Midtown Water Garden Society stuff earlier, you used to be straight edge at one point in your life, as as, as you know and I know. Yeah. And, um, and your art was even mind blowing then. Like you're already like already kind of had like this mind where it didn't even where it didn't even need anything. I don't feel like feel like to be creative. Oh, thanks. Creative. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of did the style you know, that I do now. You can show. Do you have any art around you? You can show a viewer. Yeah. Or yeah, 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 for sure. Show a bunch of drawings I have. Yeah, I actually have a bunch of drawings here that I was going to use for like the the installation that I was going to make for the show. But yeah, kind of um, some watercolor work that I'm doing right here. Um, this is some, what else we got? Some graffiti outlines I've been drawing. You know, recently I've, I've um, you know, some, some pen and ink graffiti outlines I've been drawing. Because this year I, I had a lot of time to think about all the stuff that I did and look at the stuff that I've done, you know, over the last 20, so, 20 or so years. 
And then I, I, there was things that, like, I did 20 years ago that I was like, I need to incorporate this stuff into into my work again, you know what I mean? The last, uh, I don't know, the, since I've been doing the Lemurland project, I, I was really going crazy with doing, like, really trying to do really experimental stuff. So now I'm, like, looking just at stuff from all the years. Because a lot of kids, like, a lot of people that follow my work, their, their favorite stuff of mine is the stuff from, like, ni- 1999, to like probably 2000 and maybe four and five, you know? So it's like, it's interesting. Oh, I love that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ship this. I got to ship this one out uh, next week, but, but yeah, so all this is for people also out there. You can see all your art, like you have Facebook and Instagram for chip seven and yeah. Here's a new release I did on the label not too long ago. I'm really proud of. What is that? It's Polera from France. They're uh, some very uh, dark and heavy stuff. Stuff. The one from Full Hell did some guest vocals. On oh, this, nice. Check uh, out them or Falls of Heaven if you want to talk to them on Instagram. Yeah. No. So yeah, this is all all stuff that I've been doing during during this year. I I probably did more drawing this year than I than I have in my entire life, you know. So in a lot of ways, that's that's quite a blessing, you know what I mean? That yeah, yeah, Chip, it really is, man. It's like kind of fucking crazy. Like. Well, this, this year, I feel like everybody should have been being productive if they were artists, or there's, you should have been at least, because there's no reason not to be. There's been some crazy times. Or time to, to learn a, a new skill set, or sometimes it's not even a skill set that will um, generate money. It's just something that gives you peace of mind, you know, like with, 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 with rapping and doing all that stuff, it's, it's, it, it, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't anything I ever was doing like where I was like, oh, I'm going to get rich off of rapping. You know what I mean? It was it was just something I wanted to do when I was younger. It was a dream I had. And then I just started, uh, you know, started started doing it. Yeah. Well, that, was kind of like me start, that was kind of like me starting the label. So I'm getting ready to do a tape for you. Oh, nice. I'm getting ready to do that tape for Lamberland for you. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Me always doing this label was kind of accessible. Oh, beautiful. It was initially a dream for me. I guess somebody sat and daydreamed about, and I got sick and tired of sitting and daydreaming about it, so I just finally did it. Yeah, you got to start, you know, that's the thing. You got to start somewhere. And, you know, like nowadays with, with all the technology, it's actually easier to learn stuff and do stuff than it probably ever has been, you know, and, and. Well, cause when so, we were all starting and when we were all starting in this, we didn't have all this technology. No, I, I mean, I actually, I actually remember when, when, when people used to look down and even people posting stuff on the internet, they would say like, you know, bullshit, you know, graffiti is supposed to be seen on the streets and stuff like that, where 
now it's more like we should we should control our own our own narrative, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> if we don't control our own narrative, we might not be in the narrative at all, you know what I mean? So, and it's also interesting too with digital stuff, because now it's like all my, I document all my stuff, even stickers, even, like everything I do, I document now, where in graffiti, there's a ton of stuff I never got pictures of. Sometimes people send me pictures of freights or some old highway spot or something that I, I, I I never had pictures of, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's pluses and minuses because, you know, I, I, I remember when, when I was a teenager and going into graffiti and we would go to the graffiti store in New York, and it was just like an adventure to go and get caps and an adventure to go get graffiti magazines and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and it's, um, well, and it is... For me, it was that way with also skateboarding. It was adventurous. I mean, it was cool to get Thrasher magazine or whatever. And that's how, you know, that's how I found out about Quicksand Clip. And that was one of my first punk bands that I ever truly found out about with Quicksand Clip. Well, my uncle Chris, who played, my uncle Chris, who spent time and, you know, Guns N' Roses and Tool and who's done since the Dawn Tour and Tour before. He, he he showed me Merce Bow and CCC and Joy Division and stuff when I was young, but I don't think I understood it at that age. I reflect on it later on, putting in that stuff on my own later on. So, but for me, Quick Stamps, like Thrasher Magazine, going to find your magazines and then just being in a skate park. The kid coming up and asking, "Oh, you know about Gorillaz of the Day?" And I'm like, "Who?" And like the person's like, "Oh, this guy's other bands." And it was, I was too yeah. young to know. I was too young to know, you know. And it was, but I wouldn't have ever found out about Quicksand if it probably wasn't finding magazines, so graffiti magazines and caps for you, huh? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a, a full circle, a full circle moment for me, Brett, because Nace actually put me up on Gorilla Biscuits and quicksand also, and kind of broke that stuff down to me too, you know what I mean? Um, of course, I had seen like kids wearing the shirt before, stuff like that, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't really know about that kind of stuff until I was, my friendship with Nace. And, you know, in another kind of wild full circle moment, you know, the cool thing about graffiti, like say if I wanted to play basketball or something, I might not be, you know, making it to the NBA. The cool thing about graffiti in the 90s is there wasn't that many guys doing it in New Jersey. There was actually, like, a lot of people doing it before us. Like, we, you know, like, but then, like, in our area, there wasn't that many people doing it. And I also was very lucky that, you know, I lived in the proximity of an area that had Rhyme, who's one of the best graffiti artists in the world, Nace, who is just an amazing visionary artist, his stuff from 20 years ago is 20 years ahead of most people's stuff now. He used to paint with cars yeah, before. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen painting with stuff, I, I agree. And then also um, Chemos, my boy Chemos. So these guys all kind of lived in our area. So I like just that I happened to um, link with them and uh, get down with them, they really changed the trajectory of my life. Like, you know, I told Nace's brother this on live the other day when I was drawing. I said, you know, meeting Nace really changed my life. Like, it really put me on a different course, you know? 
there's certain people you meet in this world and it change you. It's unfortunate. And I still talk to Rory Felton, who I played in my first band with, who went on to start the label Militia Group. Mm-hmm. David Alley Copeland and the St. Catherine Branson. We still talk to John Parker. Uh, but Wade Health, Stacey Health from Coles and Castle, a lot of these little brother we're in that band with. I don't talk to him anymore. He's kind of like this, this and that. But that dude changed my that dude changed my life in a lot of ways. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. But he showed me a lot of a lot of stuff and like Coles. Stuff that just changed me. Stuff that just changed me in my whole trajectory. My yeah, it's it's crazy how this this stuff happens, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we've lost a lot of good people along the way. I've talked to other people in podcasts about that. And I haven't ever done this live before, but it's, it's hard. And, uh, I don't know if it's ever been easy. No, it doesn't. You kind of have memories. And it's kind of is what it is. It's all think- beautiful. Thank you, bro. Um, I think it's important that we always honor these people because, you know, it, it, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, I was talking with one of my friends the other day and we were talking about Wu-Tang, you know, I, it, we were like our generation grew up idolizing Wu-Tang and he was saying, oh, the younger generation doesn't know who they are. And I was like, yeah, they do. No, they, the younger generation definitely knows who they are. We kind of had a disagreement about it. And then I actually went somewhere and uh, met some. Uh, one of my friends who's, she's in her thirties and she didn't even know who Prince was, you know? So it's like the younger generations, you know, they're, a lot of the older stuff from graffiti and stuff, they might not know about it at all. So it, you know, like with man, we always try to remember Nace. We always try to remember, um, next and Sace, you know, the, the three members that were in our crew that, that um that passed away, you know. Yeah. But luckily, you know, uh, for me, you know, I got to meet these guys, and they all changed. Yeah, they all really changed my life. You know, they all re- all really influenced me in different ways. You know. I mean, you know, you guys, even for viewers out there, the listeners later on, you changed my life in a lot of ways, Chip. So. Did- so did well. So did new, so did Nua. Yeah, Nua. Yeah, Nua changed my life in a lot of ways too. When Nace died, you know how I ended up going to Kansas City. We were we were all in Scribble Jam. We all went to Scribble Jam, and um, I went to Scribble Jam, and I was staying at my buddy Jazer's house, and he um, he actually is no longer with us either. So rest in paradise to him. But he was one of the founders of Scribble Magazine. And a uh, really dope graffiti writer. I was staying at his house because I was, um, like, talking with uh, a girl that they were friends with. And I told Nace and I told Ned and all our friends that were around there that all were around for Scribble Jam. I said, I'm just going to do the wall. I'm not going to be, like, going and do freights because I want to hang out with this girl, you know. So I always do freights. I always am painting anyways. That time period, I was very obsessive-compulsive about painting. So I was yeah, just like, I'm just... You were still, even when you got out to Kansas City, you were that, you were that way, way, very obsessive compulsive about painting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but keep I on think, going. I, so, so I, I, you know, but I was like, no, I'm just going to relax, and I'll, we'll do the wall, you know, we'll do this wall. 
And what happened was me and this girl kind of weren't getting along or anything like that because we didn't really know each other, you know? So I called one of my other friends there and I asked, hey, can, can you take me painting or something? You know, me, me, me and this girl not getting along. And I went to go paint. And we came back. And when we came back, we found out there was an accident. Nays had come with Nezum and one of our other friends, Kern, to pick me up. And um, on the way there, there was, there was a, you know, they were hit by, their, their car was hit by a drunk driver. This was like Sunday in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, Nace died. Uh, Nezum was injured and ended up going back to Japan. And, um, you know, I was just like devastated, you know. And I think for many years, I blamed myself because I thought if I was there, if I hadn't gone painted, then it would have taken longer for the car to go and there would have not been the accident. And it was a lot of this stuff. And what happened was we went back to New Jersey from Cincinnati because Scribble Jam was in Cincinnati. So we went back out there and uh, I, we went to the funeral and Nua was like, yo, you should just move with me to Kansas City. There's nothing for you out here because he had already been moved to Kansas City from, from Jersey. And it re there really wasn't anything for me out there, like, anymore. Like, I rolled with Nace all the time. We were, like, we hung out so I much. Knew, we couldn't. Hey, Nua, sa Nua saved my life that night. I got in a fight with those dudes, and they used the bottle. Yeah, yeah, people. yeah, for, for sure. Nua looked out a lot of people. Nua looked out a lot of people. And so, like, without, you know, without him, without him telling me, hey, let's get out of, let's get out, you know, get out of Jersey to come to Kansas City, start your life over with, get a, get a new, you know, a new change. So I ended up just moving to Kansas City. And at first I was yeah, staying I in the... I saw you even became friends with Modern to Ashes in Kansas City and a lot of people in Kansas City. We had yeah, good times in fucking town even living together when we did in this well, moment around. Absolutely. And a lot of graffiti writers like ended up staying there and coming out there and a lot of people came and visited and I had a lot of great time. As yeah, for sure. Uh, I see there's a there's sort of uh, newest billboard stickers. There's quite a few of those and quite a few. Actually I'm gonna tell a story about about Duo with you. With, no, with, well, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the story. So one time, you know, Nua had done his these billboard stickers and he had done one that he somebody told him was like too offensive and that he has to cover it up because he's gonna get in trouble and all this kind of stuff. So he ends up driving on the side of the highway and I'm I'm with him in the car. And he decided to just, like, stop at the side of, of the highway and throw a bucket of house paint, like, over the billboard to, like, destroy his own billboard, you know? So he throws it, and it kind of, like, barely hits the billboard. So then he, like, takes, a, he, he takes another bucket, and he, like, splashes it. He gets back in his truck. He starts driving. We turn around, and there is a police truck, like, behind us. And they, they stop alongside of, of his truck. They're like, hey, hey, guys, like, what are you doing? And um, he's like, nothing. And the guy's like, I just saw you throw a bucket of house paint at that billboard. And, you know, Nua's just looking, and he said, you know, um, he's looking, and he's like, 
you know, I didn't like this billboard. It's very offensive. I can't believe that. Did the you, company. Yeah, I can't believe the company. Did you think like, made him sick to his stomach or something? Yeah, it made me sick to my stomach. I can't believe the company made this. And, and then they were like, the company didn't make this. So some guy made these, and he's putting them around the city, you know? So that was, you know, that was one of many, one of many adventures with, uh, with him. But um, so well, anyway. The best part? The best part was after all that, he showed up over to where we were staying at, and he's like, I'm going to be on the news, and you're like, what do you mean you're going to be on the news? And he's like, I went down there and talked to him. Yeah, he's a wild dude, man. I mean, this is a guy that made, this is a guy that made wheat paste of his own face, man. I don't know if you ever saw that. He made wheat paste of his own face with like a little black line over it and said, who is he? I mean, that stuff he was doing was, was 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 pretty I, I he learned how to do that stuff from Ron English and I remember even I I went with him to go eat dinner with Ron English in Jersey City one time and he was you know he he was really on to something with that stuff and he was really doing a lot of stuff but he, for real he he looked out a lot of people for and without him I would have never gone to Kansas City and I I had a blast when I went to Kansas City you know I broke edge when I was in Kansas City and and then I started, I just, because I, I was I was straight edge from 19 to 27. And then I just started going, well, drink, I was drinking heavy, which is which is weird, because recently I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, I'm depressed because Nace was killed by a drunk driver, and I'm drinking as one of the things to cope with it, you know what I mean? Which is kind of strange, but uh, I finally, I stopped drinking 11 months ago. So, you know, I, I completely quit drinking. Cause I was, it was just getting to be too much. Like, especially like, um, since I, you know, I, I was always drinking pretty heavily actually since from 27 till recently. So it was, it was a long stretch, but there was a couple of times where I blacked out and I was like, I don't want to, you know, it's like, I, I, I'm like a happy, I was a happy drunk. I never was like a violent person, but when you start black air, you don't know what the hell you're going to do. So I just, I was like, this got to stop now, you know? So I stopped. And, uh, luckily it was before all the, the lockdown and the pandemic stuff, because even so I could see, you know what I mean? Sitting around drinking all day, like during the pandemic for me, not drinking and just drinking water. Um, it allowed me to create and draw and do more things because I, I noticed that difference. And listen, I'm not anti-drinking. Don't take it as like I'm anti-drinking. But for me, it was just enough. It was time to stop. You know what I mean? Because some people can control their drinking and, you know, drinking, you know, there's a lot of people's, uh, uh, you know, favorite thing to do on the weekend. But, you know, I, it just for me, it had to stop, you know. But, um, yeah, so I broke edge in Kansas City started partying. Um, I remember the, you know, yeah, we were hanging out with people from the Art Institute, so I kind of got the art school experience, you know. The great well, thing about ours. Kansas, well, the great thing about Kansas City was that we all, everyone was cool with each other because it was kind of like a lot of people went to the Art Institute, but then there was other people that were in the hip-hop scene. There was people in the punk scene. There was people in the art scene, like the, the, the kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, it, it was it was a mixed bag and all these different people were friends with each other and it was all different types of people hanging out, which was which was cool, you know. That was the first time I, I hung out with such a diverse, I think, group of people was Kansas City. Well, I think that's why I like diverse things. So I came from a place where they kind of had a lot of diverse things going on. 
For sure, for you sure. Know, like a lot of different people intermingling with each other. So there's and that just, judgment. You don't get and, a lot of other places. No, and the other I just think what we were talking about, those are just interesting times. And what was the first internet thing that was around and maybe Makeout Club or some bullshit? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Makeout Club, yeah. That was it. Bands were still touring using maps. They weren't even using GPS shit. Yeah. Like Save by, by Grace, rest in peace, Josh. They would tour using maps. Yeah, the old school, the 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 roadmaps you buy at the truck stops and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the thing is too about Kansas City, you know, like for me coming from New Jersey, the people there were so nice, man. You know, like a lot of the people I encountered there were really, really like kind-hearted and nice people. You know. Um, You know, I had a friend that came from Connecticut and said the same thing. He wasn't used to that. He didn't even know how to take it at first. Versus, like, people aren't nice like that out in Connecticut. No, Jer- I mean, not saying not, – you know, there's some nice people in Jersey, but for the oh, most yeah. part, uh, it's it's definitely, I think, friendlier in Kansas City, you know, um, for, for for when I was living out there. And I, and I remember, you know, because I never drove, so I would roam around, walk around, you know. It was kind of like a playground when – you know, I think I heard East say that, that Kansas City was a graffiti playground because I think he went there from Chicago in, I don't know what year he moved there, but way before we, we all lived out there. And I remember just, you know, I saw that art, I saw his art before. Yeah, he's he's, he's a legendary graffiti writer. Um, but so, you know, I, we, we, I remember just, land. Yeah, I remember just, yeah, I wish I I wish I had flicks of stuff. Like I remember doing like a bunch of the rooftops on the the one strip, and then you know I I just I had a lot I just had you a know, lot of good times. Like I feel like you're before your time, and especially on stuff you had time to work on. You can't see like that one you, that one you guys did at the music place across from Town Topic, where you yeah. were right by the alleys and stuff, where it was the actual wall, and you did that one where it was like. They're real intricated. That's that's actually what I'm. That's actually I think it's the one you're talking about. The P looks like an elephant face. That that one is actually my probably one of my favorite pieces I ever did. And I think that was one of the happy. I, I mean, I was up there hanging out with you guys when we were all doing those. I think that was one of the happy. Like I'm I'm pretty happy now that I'm married. But I think from in that time period, that was one of the, the happiest times of my life. You know, I was, I was like, I had a, a, a steady job. Um, you know, I was really into the girl I was dating. Mesa we had a Raps. bunch of friends. Yeah. Me, uh, yeah. Mesa Raps was, it was a spot. <laughs> Shout out to Mesa Raps for free. Yeah. Shout out to Mesa Raps. Uh, you know, we all the students were always in there my girlfriend at the time was always in there reading a book um but yeah it was we, one, of, one, of I, my, one of my it was, she was really good friends with our old guitar player Rory. they were really good friend, friends yeah family. yeah yeah for my that's, first band but that's the thing small like world. small small world i i remember that's too you, you i remember you going to mesa raps and and playing i i forgot what cd you were playing and one of the customers were complaining about it was it, it was definitely like 
it was definitely something. And I remember the customer customers complaining. You said, well, ma'am, some people like this type of music. You know, this is an art form. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, that but but you know like like uh, you know, it, it, so then after Kansas City, I bounced around again, and then you know like from on on ashes took me on tour for a few years, which was great, man. These guys like really changed up my trajectory, I think, with life. And then after that, I was well, lucky to me too. Just as being, they're good people and just good human beings, and you kind of. You kind of met them through me and a couple other people when we went to go see Saved by Grace was playing with them. We were already all kind of friends with them. And so yeah. And being at the Kansas City before was like Curse of Thursday. What was it, Engine Down or somewhere? Yeah. yeah. I think the first time I met all of them was when, yeah, it was Thursday, Cursive, and Engine Down, man. That was a wild, a wild show, yeah. Yeah. And I had... We'd already been friends with them from coming through before and stuff, but you you just you do Fram through graffiti stuff basically. Well, I think he had a friend that wrote graffiti, so you know that it was like there was some he had some connection because one of his friends wrote graffiti or something like that, and then they were into hardcore too, and it was it was some I, I forgot how exactly we met, but it was a uh, it was a uh, it it, it 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 was interesting because, like, you know, like, even coming from Jersey, I had seen Thursday play at the Somerset House and that kind of stuff. Because uh, New Brunswick's not too far from where I'm from. Yeah, they're playing their own house, you know. And I, I remember going and seeing them at the Somerset House, and they were like, who are you? How would you even hear about the show? I was like, well, I heard, I heard about it from, you know, Under the Stars on WSOU. They were like, wow, because I was the only person there that they didn't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's how, that they, you know, they weren't that big at that time. And then they just exploded, you know? And for people that are going to listen to this podcast later with Chip and uh, are listening now, Under the Stars was right an old radio show for Stephen Paul. Yeah. Uh, they, broke the place, a lo- right? they broke a lot of groups, like, on the radio. They played a lot of... A lot of groups that actually later on, Seton Hall, they changed their format and they actually had cursive in regular rotation. Thursday was in regular rotation, you know, where at a, at a certain period of time, they were only on, I think it was on Sunday nights at like maybe 10 o'clock or 11 or something like that. I mean, they broke My Chemical Romance. They played a lot of bands for the first time on that, on that show, you know. Blood Brothers, a lot, a lot of stuff, so... So yeah, that that nothing beats that kind. Though, like we were talking about graffiti magazines and and stuff like that, where it's like these vehicles that show underground stuff. Because we normally were just getting like whatever the mainstream's feeding us, you know. Which not, yeah. nothing saying that there's anything wrong with the mainstream, but especially now you're just getting hit over the head with whatever's the mainstream stuff. And a lot of times the underground stuff is is getting like more and more few and far between, you know, where. I remember being a kid looking at graffiti magazines or even this is not underground at all. I used to buy heavy metal magazine at like the newsstand, but I got from reading heavy metal magazine. I, I first saw Mobius's artwork. I first, first saw Simon Bisley's artwork, which the, these guys, you know, they're, they're legendary. Mobius, they're legendary artists, but that was my first exposure to it as being, uh, you know, uh, some, some, 
young teenage kid in America. The graffiti magazines too, like you want to talk about um, full circle moments. The first graffiti magazine I ever got was uh, the Skate Rest in Peace issue of Can Control, which is basically about the, the head of CBS and all these guys from CBS. And that was the first graffiti magazine I ever got my hands on. And basically, they had a how-to on the back that showed you how to do a character. And I took you're that talking, how-to. You're, talk, you're, talking about the, you're talking about the crew CBS, right? Yeah, the crew yeah, CBS. Yeah, you, you, ain't, you ain't talking about CB Network. I'm talking about CBS can't be stopped from Los Angeles. But um, yeah. so they actually had a how-to, Brett, that showed you how to sketch, how to do the outline, how this – and I went on some sewer bridge and tried to do a character. And that this was, somehow they had this distributed in the comic book shop, which was like across the street from my apartment complex. And years later, you know, this is probably like, maybe when I got that magazine, it was like 1994, I think. And then years later, we ended up being down with, C me and Nace ended up getting down with CBS. So it shows you, like I said, with graffiti, you know, you really can, meet and end up painting with your idols if you're you know what I mean so I so yeah. there had a little interruption oh, had yeah. a little interruption to this. well it's a festive so, yeah. season a lot of interruptions you know today for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of happy interruptions well happy holidays to everyone even though I believe in culture side of the press Christmas I want everybody to have a happy one. No, I think this year, I think this year we got to try to have a happy one, man. We got to try to enjoy ourselves. This year, there's a lot of, a lot of people get in some mental agony. So, you know, we got to try to enjoy ourselves and, and be a little bit festive. Even if, even if you're, if it's like two people talking, you know, uh, over IG live, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm also going to put this up on the podcast too, right? As things down, but let's keep going here. So, you're you, you kind of had, you said there was an I think I was reading your thing because reviews it out. Don't know. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. You had an article written up by Vice, and it was saying something about like you're saying something like you kind of have an apartment complex you're living at where there was a lot of graph activity around there. People were kind of getting into it around there, right? Yeah, that apartment complex was that was across the street from where the where actually where I grew up is near where vintage vinyl is, which vintage vinyl is a, is a, another full circle moment. Later on, uh, you know, with From All Ashes, I went to see the Get Up Kids play at Vintage Vinyl. But like Vintage Vinyl is like a famous uh, record store in Jersey, and my apartment complex was near there, right along the side of the highway, Route One. And in our apartment complex, a bunch of us were getting into graph writing our nicknames and stuff like that. So that time period, everyone was into, like when Artifacts Wrong Side of the Tracks came out, I mean, you gotta understand this was on you know, MTV Raps and it was on BET. So, you know, I actually was talking to Tame One yesterday on, on like a... I kind of remember one. seeing it on there. I kind of remember seeing it on there, but I think I was too young to understand it or something, but I think you later on... Well, Artifacts. I, I was everybody should visit Artifacts. Well, well Artifacts are actually they're actually putting out a new album next year with um with with the producer Buckwild from Digging in the Crates and I, I heard a sample of that record so it's gonna be I think that's gonna be pretty phenomenal. But um yeah, yeah. so anyways 
you know, I, I was just telling Tame this the other day on, like, Messenger. I said to him, like, um, you know, you guys are the first ones I've seen, like, on BET, like, on, you know, on cable television, smoking and doing graffiti. And he's like, you know, oh, no, Red Man and Method Man did the smoking part. But I'm like, no, you guys are also smoking and doing graffiti. Like, cause this, this is something very new. And the, their videos had animations in it. And it was just it was so raw and just so good. And the crazy thing is, Brett, even you've been looking enough for viewers to work with some of them on some of your stuff to have them appear. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, I was like with 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 the project that I did Lemurland. You know, um, I actually got to work with uh, Prince Poe on on two songs, and I got to work with Tame One on one song also. And then you know that was kind of just like is is nice because I grew up idolizing them. You know, I grew up like loving organized confusion i think organized confusion is one of the most you know underrated i mean they were even underrated when they were out they're they're just like lyrically they're they're just phenomenal their concepts everything that they do they're they're really like you know like god level mcs you know they're they're just insane so to get to work with someone so to get with get to work with some of those some of those guys was was definitely like it made the whole thing about you know starting to rap like it it made it all worthwhile you know what I mean like but um, you know the one thing I'll tell you about all those 90s rappers is that all of them are still sharp they all can still just destroy 16 but they they they'll they're they're none of them have lost their skills in any capacity it's just maybe they're not on on major record labels anymore so they don't have the visibility of the younger yeah. artists. Yeah. yeah but, well, did you, was that year or was that the year before? Was that year, sorry to bring that up again, but was that year Nace passed the Scribble Jams? Was that the year Eminem did a rap battle and lost? Uh, Eminem, it, Eminem had gone and, and lost. Um, he took second place there. Um, but that was, that was a few years earlier to that. When I think when yeah, we were going to Scribble Jam, when we were, we're going always, to Scribble, oh, we were just always talking about that. Just goes to show you, you sometimes, sometimes how you got to push in this world. You, this, people probably expected that other rapper to become the bigger rapper, right? Well, you, you know, it's interesting. The other rapper is um, the the other rapper is, was actually even like he he was touring still with with DJ Jassy Jeff, you know, to recent. So he ended up having a long. Career, but you know, you have to push yourself because the the main thing I, I I've learned, you know, because this happens with me too. I got people telling me, you know, how to rap, how to do this, how to that. That they they never rapped in their life. They never did anything. And I'm just like, yo, like, you know what I mean? It can. It's, it's like obviously we could probably learn something from an insect or learn something from a cat or something like that. We could learn something from anything. So don't take it as like, oh, I can't learn anything or there's not room for improvement. But a lot of times the stuff people have to say is not constructive criticism. You know, they're just telling you, hey, you can't do it or you shouldn't be doing it. And like, you know, yeah, the thing is with, with anything, it's like you have to project the stuff out of yourself first. You know what I mean? You have to have it come from inside and be able to project it out and you got to kind of have um uh, i don't know like um you know you you got to kind of just like 
you know, realize it with, with anything you do, it's going to take time. I think a lot of times people want to try something. I mean, but there is people that try something and are just naturally good at it, like off the bat, you know, they're probably like born to do it. But for, for most of us, we got to really like, it takes, uh, it takes yeah, work, you know, tools. you have to, what is yeah. it, the 10,000 10, hours you're supposed to, you have to work on your craft. So, yeah, so yeah. Right. It was it was a, it was it was cool to work to to work with with the, with those type of artists. I got to work with a lot of Thai artists that I look that I look up to, and um, you know, yeah, it was, you know, hopefully hopefully next year there'll be even more stuff, you know, because that's the thing. It's like with the internet and this kind of thing, you know, we can communicate with a whole bunch of people that normally we we probably could couldn't communicate in the past or we'd have no way of getting a hold of. So that's one good thing about, that's one good thing about, uh, you know, the digital age, you know? Yeah. And so, um, let's go back into your, maybe the album a little bit. So I'm putting out that tape for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about how you got into stuff. What are some of the ideas behind Lamberland? How did that name come about? Tell people, kind of the journey of that, the works of that a little bit. Well, Lemurland was actually there is a place called the Cow Keel Zoo that I went to, and there's a there's a section in it called Lemurland for the lemurs. And then I, I when I started researching the lemurs, the name lemur came from Lemuria. You know, they were like, how did these animals walk from South India to Madagascar, or, you know, they, they couldn't walk across the ocean. Then they were like, oh, there was probably a big landmass, and it sunk, and it goes into all these stories about the flood and all these myths. And for some reason, I got really into all these ancient myths and all these ancient mysteries. I don't know what it was. I've always liked this kind of stuff. But when I got to a certain age, I got really into this stuff and reading about it. And so, you know, I, 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 from floating was thinking about, you know, you know, in mythology, they have these things that are like water spirits, you know, or water fairies and stuff like that, that meaning they're not a physical mass, but they, they like exist in the water. And so I, you know, was looking at all this different types of mythologies and reading about this stuff from different, you know, countries. And there was a lot of similarities in it. So when I made the first song, um, Palmer, it was going to actually be called Honor Palmer. And it was just going to be like, you know, oh, yeah. the, 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 she's sweeter than the tea mix, that, that Arnold Palmer, you know. And what happened was I actually went and looked up online to see if there was another song called Arnold Palmer, which there was by, by Rat King, who I wasn't familiar with them at the time, but they're a really dope group, you know what I mean? So I was like, damn, man, there's already a song called this. Should I scrap this? You know, people are going to think I'm biting this or something like that. So I listen to this. I go to sleep. And that night I had a dream. And it told me, like, wake up and Google search. Like, this is Google search um, Palmer, you know. And so what what came up when I Google searched Palmer was um, – there is this guy that um, he actually was the editor of Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories, I don't know if you ever heard of it. It was a pulp magazine. Pulp magazines predate comic books. It's basically like before comic books, it was like these 
cereals, and they would have all these stores. And really in the graphic novels and comics, I could show off all my Sin City collections if I was at the new place and the thousands of Japanese things I have and other stupid shit that I, we don't need to get into. So, that. yeah, so, so, so this, this, is, this is the precursor of this. Um, and, he, and what I found out is that he had done this series called in Amazing Stories called I Remember Lemuria with this other guy. His name was Richard Schaefer. And what Richard Schaefer was claiming is he was getting transmissions from the inner earth. Of, there was people who survived Lemuria and they were living in the inner earth. And it was this, this wild stories that they were putting out as science fiction. But then this guy, Ray Palmer, actually came out and said it was real. Now, who knows? Maybe he was saying it to sell his stories. But I found interviews where he was saying, no, this is actually real, but we had to put it under the guise of science fiction because people were laughing at me and saying I was crazy. So then I started looking into this guy, Richard Schaefer. Now, Richard Schaefer did these, all these abstract kind of paintings and drawings, and he believed that he could like look into rocks and see proof of it, this, these ancient civilizations and stuff like this. And... This kind of fit along the lines of all the Lemurland stuff. You know what I mean? I was like, damn, this, this shit is all like linking up together. So then I just was going deep into kind of researching and reading about this stuff. And the other thing that blew my mind too is he was actually one of the first people that was putting stuff about UFOs and that kind of stuff. So all the stuff of Lemurland is like a lot of mythological creatures. Um, a lot of like extra dimensional stuff, all those concepts that are in comic books and science fiction that, that we like, you know what I mean? And I was putting like, you know, like I was just like putting that into the story. A lot of the, the, the women in the story were these kind of like supernatural beings. And, um, yeah, that's how, that's basically how it got started. And it's like the trajectory of what I did kept changing. You know, I kind of had a base basic plan, but it kept changing, and it was, like, kind of this wild adventure, you know? It was very, like... Do you think I some of the women probably... Do you think some of the women being supernatural beings comes from your mom being a strong figure in your life some, too, in your life, maybe? Is well, yeah, I, I, well, I would... For sure, I was raised by my mom. My mom, my mom, you know, always believed in me. My mom was kind of, like, my, my superhero, um, without a doubt. And I think I also, I also based it on, you know, like, just like if you ever watch anime, there's so many, like, strong, like, powerful female characters and stuff like that, you know? So it was just this kind of, it, 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 kind, of, it kind of went from there. And then it was like, you know, it was interesting because then I started, you know, reading about the guy who made up the float tank, um, John C. Lilly. And John C. Lilly basically has all these books and all this research he was doing. He's basically the guy that started interspecies communications between humans and dolphins. And um, he was kind of showing the world that dolphins are not just fish, they're intelligent beings and all this stuff. And so this guy... They have, a language. They have a bigger language range than ours, not one dolphin will have the same name for people who don't yeah. know that so, so a lot of the stuff that I was putting into Lemurland was like stuff from dreams or things really kind of abstract stuff from dreams or things I was seeing when I was in the float tank or ideas I was having in the float tank because I was lucky to float. I think I floated about 33 times. 
So a lot of these just wild ideas and, and this kind of stuff, the box and box things, because I was seeing like memories in a box and I could zoom in and stuff like this. Uh, and uh, so a lot of this stuff was influenced by that. But of course, a lot of this stuff was also abstract and just experimental. Some of the stuff I didn't even understand what I was doing. But I also was trying to make it, because in Thailand, there's a, you know, and in India too, they used to have these real long format poems where it was like one story, but the whole thing was like a poem. So I was trying to make it with the writing where it all, inter all the stuff interconnects to each other. Like, but a lot of people were just like, you know, what the hell are you rapping about? What is this? And even I didn't, you know, it was just stuff that I was, I was just getting my pen out and writing it. And it was, it was, it was very experimental, but at the same time, it's very freeing too, because like, um, you know, for, for a living, I'm, I'm a visual artist. So, so sometimes when you're a visual artist, if you're working for a customer, you, you, you know, I'm lucky. I, I have a certain style. So people know when they, when they, they bring me to work on a project, what kind of stuff I do, but still you have to do a lot of changes and stuff. So this was very freeing. And also the fact that, you know, I was like pretty much at midlife when I started rapping. So it's like, it's like almost like midlife crisis rap, you know, it's like, it's like <laughs> me still holding on to my youth and you know what I mean? It actually made me feel really younger. You know what I mean? And, so. and, for, and for viewers that don't know this about you and stuff, you, you know, rapping and moving, you know, Chip is half tight and moved to, you moved to Bangkok. You're yeah. a Bangkok alien. You're a Bangkok alien for sure. <laughs> but still like, um, but what I was going to say about that, but you've done a lot of work before rap, like whether it be like, what is, I think this is your first experience doing music as an artist, yourself, probably yourself, right? And not actually playing an instrument or being in a band or, you weren't really in bands and stuff, so this is your first time with the music around. You wrote for the bottom of the ashes, but it was really your kind of first music. Well, right, kind of the first jump into that. I mean, I'm sure you'd always fuck around, rap a little bit with friends and shit, shit goofing around. And well, I, 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 I like, I, I had written raps like when I was in high school, but I never was like, you know, a freestyle. But I never made any songs and. The other thing was too, I was just, I'm a big music fan, but I'm not that musical of a person, you know what I mean? So I'm still learning about all that kind of stuff too, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's great learning new things. It's been great. Oh, for sure. You're learning that. And um, maybe tell viewers like it or listening from the United States. I think sometimes people from America, I haven't, I haven't even ever, I haven't ever been to Bangkok, but, you know, maybe tell people, because sometimes people from America, it just be like sometimes I don't know who's all going to be listening to this podcast, but sometimes other places or third world or I don't know what the fuck people think. Other places, but can I tell people what Bangkok's like a little bit too, from your perspective, just from your perspective? Well, Bangkok's a very Bangkok's a very vibrant city. It's a very nighttime city. Um, there's some of the best food in the world. Um, a lot of beautiful temples and artwork. Um, the street art and graffiti scene here is, is, is pretty dope. There's a lot of really amazing artists. Hip hop is huge here. There's tons of, tons of rappers. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just really like, you know, Bangkok's never been under any type of colonial rule. So that, I mean, Thailand has it. So it's very, 
you know, it has, they have their own twist of, on things here. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And it's just, uh, I, I, lo- I love living here, you know, I really like, it's easy to get around without a car. There's all different types of modes of transportation. They have motorcycle, taxi, they have boat, they have bus, they have the normal taxi, you know, so it's, uh, I love it. I've been coming here since, I, the, you know, like the first time I wrote graffiti in, in Thailand and Bangkok was 1995. I came here when I graduated high school and uh, painted some stuff. Yeah. So, so that, you know, like, uh, like I've, I've always, I've always, I've always loved the city, you know, and, um, you know, I'm 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 very happy to call it home. You know. Yeah, but it's uh, how long have you? Uh, how are you lived there for now? It's been about it's been about ten years, right? Or somewhere yeah, there? yeah, yeah. It's been ten years. I've been here ten years. So yeah, you know, I came back to I came back to America for. Um, for an, an art show, and then I came back right before Hurricane Sandy. But um, but yeah, I've been here been here for ten years. Yeah, I didn't come over there to see you. Last time we actually saw each other in person was, I would say, from Autumn to Ashes when you rolled through with them to, and through a Lawrence when you guys tried hunting me down from Kansas City and I got word of mouth you guys were looking before me. Yeah, we were, man. We put the word out. <laughs> I remember one of my friends was living there. That One of my friends from Jersey was living there, and we were putting the word out. Where were we at? Those were rolling. <laughs> we were rolling to, to, to Lawrence, man. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I ended up getting, the word ended up getting to me, though. Oh, but I think, yeah. It's wild to think about that, but I still consider you my best friends on this, which is a good thing. Oh, thank you, Brad, man. I'm glad to have a long-time friend like you in this. Yeah, me too, man. I'm glad we were able to keep keep in contact, you know. The miles didn't stop, you know, our communication with each other, so without a doubt. Yeah, we had a lot of of fun adventures, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so let's keep on um, let's keep on uh, talking about some other stuff. So, you just did a new video um, that took that took some time. You were saying, um, or, uh, what are some different art projects you're working on in the future? Do you have? Oh, I wanted to actually get into you about this because it's probably interesting for people, and I've always found it interesting. Um, you pushed really hard in this world, which I appreciate people push. I always try to push too. And I feel like you got lucky enough to do some artwork with like, what, you've done some artwork with like um, Nike and AWOF, and AWOF, which is the hotel chain. Yeah, yeah. And I, some other stuff. You can tell us about how some of those things come about or how they Well, um, Nike, I, Nike, I did stuff. Um, for them when they were they were um, doing this special commemorative shoot and it was cool I got to see the designs before it came out to the public and make an illustration for them um, 
And how I got that, I think somebody recommended me to do that. One of my friends recommended me to do it. Aloft, it was, um, there was uh, an art company that, that, that hired me to do Aloft. And I started out doing the interior, and then I ended up getting hired by the owner to do the exterior too, which, which, was, which was, you know, that was the biggest job I had ever done at the time. I, I've done stuff for Smirnoff. I've done stuff for... Red Bull, um, so it's and and almost all that stuff I've done, it's like the the style of stuff that I I normally do on the street or on canvas. So I, I've been very blessed, you know what I mean, to, to to kind of be able to take that, you know, they, whatever the style that I do and bring bring it to those type of projects and for them to, um, you know, like basically give me creative free, you know, give, give me creative freedom, you know, because I'm not the type of artist that does like, you know, there's some type of artists or illustrators and that they can just copy and draw stuff like that. That's, that's not kind of the, really the stuff that I do. So just, it, it's just that it's, it's just a great blessing to, um, to, uh, yeah, you, you know, to, to do artists living. For viewers out there, I know what styles of what you do. I'm familiar with your art, but for viewers out there, and some people saw it a bit ago, but what would you, what, what category would you put your art with? I, mean, I didn't use a lot of pen techniques to start out with. You didn't want to draw it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I actually have gone back to doing a lot of drawing again and kind of doing roughs before I do the bigger paintings, um, trying to grid out the stuff that I do. Um, I would say, like, I would consider my artwork, like, kind of te techno-organic, but uh, with a graffiti slant, because that's definitely my background. I mean, people always think, oh, well, this guy's a graffiti writer, you know, or a graffiti artist, which I don't mind that label, because that's something that I probably spent the most time doing, and that's the stuff that people probably well, know me the most for, you know? You're, 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 known, you're known in that world, like, I... I'm hanging out in St. Louis to my boy Joe, who's probably watching this, who's an artist too, and he has his own sign business in St. Louis where he's doing signs for businesses now, and he's a writer too. And uh, shout out to Joe always. This little kid who had been to Bangkok, he knows over there. Yeah, it's beautiful. And he, ha and he has one of your stickers. He met you at some art show. He met you at one of your art shows. Shows that's the small world, but yeah, you're known in the graffiti circle. You couldn't believe I knew you, you or we were friends. <laughs> yeah, small world. It just shows you it's how things are, you know, it's like it's a. Uh... And I sent you a picture of the kid with the sticker, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like, I think yeah, I, I, always, I always got, I always, you know, stickers was the first thing I ever did with graffiti. You know, before even I painted walls, stickers was the first stuff I had when I participated in graffiti. So I still love stickers because it just makes me feel like a kid again, you know. And for all the all the rap releases I do, I do these, like, uh, different series of stickers. So I, I love I love stickers, man. It just makes me feel like a teenager again, you know. Did you, did, you, did, you, did you start off with the... Good old post office stickers. Oh, absolutely, man! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was a 
that was a go-to place for supplies, man. I think, you're, I think, you're, I think you're one of the people that's talking <laughs> that route. I've never been that route before. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. That was a go. That was a go-to spot for, for. That was a go-to spot to get stickers for sure. The good old post office. But, but yeah. So I still, I you know, I I uh, I still love doing stickers, and it's crazy to see how big, like you know, sticker art's gotten now. You know, they have a book books about it and. So many kids are into it, and you can trade it, and, you know, you, it's, it's just great promotion to have, you know. Like, if, so if you meet someone, you just you know, you give them a sticker, you know, so. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm, um, I'm really into it. I like, I like wheat paste, too. Wheat yeah. Paste is fun. Wheat paste is fun. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> You know, it took me forever to start learning about with cans, getting all the right tips for doing certain things. There's certain good tips you can get. Oh, for sure. But you know, it's it's crazy. It's always good to have a drawing preset of what you want to do so you can kind of even do it from your mind what you truly want to do, but if you need to look into that at all. Or ideas, you could be like, oh, yeah, this is probably what I was going to do with this. I'm going to do it this with this one. Well, I always try to, like, I, I, I always, I mean, I I try to do, a like, a, like, different style of fonts and different style of pieces. I think in 1997, I did the same piece pretty much over and over and over and over again with just different color fills. But I was really trying to find my footing, I think, at that time period. And then in 1998, 1999, and then up to, I, I always am trying to draw different sketches to do different fonts. And like, the thing is, I've done some aggressively bad graffiti. You know what I mean? I see some graffiti or some traits that I did sometime. I'm just like, oh my goodness, that, that, that was a little off but, or a lot off. But I was well, I, always... I think, but I think that's like the thing is, what I wanted to also say, when you keep going, but I wanted to say, I think there's a difference when you have time to do a mural and a piece to when you're just doing 100% pure fucking vandalism. Vandalism, if people want to call it that, or just writing on something you shouldn't be writing on. I think there's a big difference. Oh, well, 100%, you know, but I, I just mean... You have to do stuff sometimes. But it's it's crazy, too, because some of my favorite stuff that I've done, like, and I was just telling Nace's brother this the other day when I was talking to him, on on live uh, basically like I, my favorite graffiti piece i ever did was was on a subway train like that's my favorite thing that i ever did and it's not because it's on a subway train it's actually just the favorite my favorite piece i ever did so i was i really tried to do, i was trying to do something different i don't want to be seen as like um a clone of somebody else you know what i mean um I remember Rhyme had given me some outlines when I was younger, and I was like, I don't want to do these outlines. They look like what you're, you know, what you're doing. And he's like, you know, later on in life, you will like these outlines. You know, these are like technically sound outlines. And he was right. You know, those the outline he get the couple outlines he gave me that I did. You know, maybe it was the like there were foundations for things almost. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is too, it's like, you know. 
I was like trying to, I really was trying to do like, oh, I just want to do something, you know, unique and different and stuff like that. But if something's completely unique and different, there's two things about it. It's like, number one, because it's like your work will stand out. You know what I mean? It will stand out. Whether somebody thinks it sucks or they really think it's cool, it stands out. You know, it doesn't blend in. But the other thing is sometimes there might be like a problem with the, communication with people you know what I mean so it's like it's interesting because with my art it's like I never really it was a lot so much about communication where now I'm starting to, to, to try to think of that how do images communicate with people and how do different colors respond to people and stuff like that because before it wasn't I, I you know it was a lot of just like stream of consciousness stuff so it's it's so cool about anything like you know, like anything that you're into, you you, you always can learn, especially if you're open to it. You know, so it's uh, I think I think all those weird and kind of funky pieces that I did. Yo, Merry Christmas to you too, FX One. So anyway, it's like all all the all those weird kind of like even if they were because I did like spaghetti letter like really small, tiny, like, line pieces. I did huge, like, thick letter pieces. I, I really try to do different style fonts, but a lot of that stuff is what I do now and when I do my paintings, you know what I mean? And then my graffiti has kind of gotten simpler, I think, over the years where the, the abstract, because I do canvas work or abstract work, and a lot of that, that's channel, channeled into that. But I want to go back to doing, like, real tech pieces again next year, you know? Like, this year I painted probably the least amount that I had in a long time. Um, but I, I was, you know, doing the Lemurland project required a lot of time. Like, there was some times where I, you know, I was working on it for, like, 60, you know, or 70 hours a week because it was just, like, I don't know, it, it just, I, I would make these deadlines for myself and I just had to, make them and I think if I didn't make the deadlines I would have never put stuff out and sometimes things got delayed too but it was like it, I don't know it, it 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 was just it was just a wild adventure you know the whole thing so this year I'm I I want to put everything together from the project cuz there was art shows there was graffiti there was stickers there was canvases there was drawings all this stuff that interconnects to each other so i want to put it into like a graphic novel format so that that was the I'm whole reason i'm excited i'm doing the cassette for it and that should be a pretty cool layout for people we're going to kind of put do this kind of about a hundred of them i think to start out with and see how it goes and look you should have i think cool it, i think it would be we'll great what, to, we'll, we'll let people see we'll, yeah. we'll let people see the products out there, I guess. Well, well, I think it's great, too, that you, that it's going to be the, the, to get to work with you because we're old friends. And then on top of it, like, you know, my era of hip-hop, we were listening to the tapes. That was the era where everyone had tapes and even people were making, yeah. you know, I'm sure you've done this, too, made some mixtape for a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody did that shit back in the just made mixtapes for friends. You passed along like punk tapes to friends. For like, sure. Like, I, I remember. I remember you passing around the hip hop influence tapes. I would. I'd find some like, you know, stuff I could find like, 
what, what would it be, like Naughty by Nature or something, yeah. and I put, put Los Crudos on the same tape or something. I'd make these crazy wild mixtapes and pass them along to friends. Sometimes of like hip hop and like punk hardcore on it. Yeah, um, mix, like, it, but, mix, but it, mix it up, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I knew about that age before I was cool enough to know about anything else. You know what I mean? Mean stuff you're discovering. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Nothing beats the the, the process of discovery and self discovery. I see FX one said I'm stuck on bubble writing. I try straight letter and wild style and go back to bubbles. What? Well, there's nothing wrong with. Bubble lettering. I love bubble lettering, too. It's, like, one of my favorite things to do. I think it's such a big part of graffiti is bubble lettering. You know? Yeah. Graffiti's, um, yeah, it's complete freedom. That's how I look at it. I always like to, I feel like for anybody who never has even watched any that may not endeavor into it much, people should really watch Style Wars and bombers and there's a bunch of other stuff out there yeah, but those yeah. Are pretty good ones, good yeah. ones. style wars is is pretty unbeatable without a doubt that's 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 pretty epic and un, uh, unbeatable because of the amount of just great writers that were in that you know i i love bombers too just like goes around the world shows different artists and even shows some of the American history. I think they even show cornbread in that one. Yeah, yeah. Toki, Toki, and other people. Yeah, absolutely. And graffiti culture keeps going. It keeps growing. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. People keep saying, oh, it's a fad. It's not going to be popular next year. But, like, even in Thailand, you go to 7-Eleven right now, and you, you'll see a bunch of graffiti products in in 7-Eleven. I even saw like some electronic billboards for for uh Mr. Cartoon did stuff for a company out here. So it's like you you see you you see graffiti more and more in, on these um commercial pro- projects. It's it's great when it's actually graffiti writers still doing it, you know. What New York New York had those old sides taken from the champs graffiti's for chumps and it was two boxing guys who probably didn't give a fuck. They were just paid to do the ad. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't think they really I don't think those guys you know, they didn't care. Somebody probably told them, Hey, go do this, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> take New York it. was probably like New York was probably like, We got a problem on our hands. Oh, there's some kind of weird glasses going on my face here. Hold yeah, up. what's up with that, man? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, none of that. That was pretty cool, though. That's interesting. Uh-huh. People like the glasses. I thought you were styling on them. They're right Said 
the world is not fair or unfair, you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't care. It's, it keeps going on, you know? We, we are looking at this whole, you know, whatever we're in, whether it's a simulation, a living hologram, you know, whatever, whatever this is, whatever this reality is, you know, this consensus reality that we're, we're getting through our brain, you know, um, we are, we are, of course we're going to think we're the center of the universe because we're looking at everything and we, we're this, you know, we're, we're like this, the signal of the center, but it's crazy to think like, you know, Speaking of curse um, earlier, it's like, it's like Tim Castro says in a song, the egos of mankind push on in a song. Yeah. You know. And, but sometimes Brett, sometimes, you know, like they always talk about how bad ego is and it, 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 it is bad and it causes a lot of suffering and it causes a lot of problems, but sometimes you also need to have confidence. One of my friends mm-hmm. was telling me that the other day. He's like, you know, confidence is such an important thing. You lose your confidence. You know, you, you can't do anything. You know what I mean? And this world is full of people that will try to break down your confidence. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, shout out to OG Bojo or Bobby Johnson because it's clear record, but those clear records in the band Canyons. But he even said this. He, his band Canyons played with Code Orange back when they were called Code Orange Kids when they were a very small band. But he said, do you know why that band got big and where they're at now and why they're a big band? It's because those dudes believed in themselves since day one. They even had, like, they even kind of had, like, those attitudes back then, like they were going to be somebody or make it somewhere in, like, the realm of punk rock. It always, to whatever realm you can make it to in punk rock. Yeah. I guess with the, well, they, I don't even know if they're really all the way all the way to punk hardcore band anymore. They started mixing a lot of industrial weird stuff with it too. But I'm just I'm just saying like Bobby says there's something to be said about that believing in yourself. Believing in yourself. There is. There is, man. There is my friend. My boy My boy was just my boy was just saying that to me the other day. He's like confidence is so important and it really is, man. When sometimes people lose their confidence, they never get it back. And you know, like if you're in the arts, if you're if you're in I've had a bounce back from shit dude that beat me down in this world and former band failed and shit went wrong because people misinterpreted shit I said. There's things that will beat you down. There's shit that will beat you down, and you have to figure a way to get back down. The front windshield's bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason. For sure. For sure, man. And, um, that's all I can say. I, I don't know how else to put it. But sometimes, yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get back up once you've been beaten down, but you have to find a way to do it and have confidence. I guess in what you do to some degree. Absolutely, you have to, you know. But if you don't believe in yourself, like, nobody, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else fuck it as as I as I say. That's what I say. Or, I don't really or, care about that. But I don't really care about that anyway. I create the art for my I guess my own emotional sufferings and my own trials and tribulations and my own thoughts I have in my head, just like many just like many artists and stuff, and I'm sure you're the same way. Well, when a lot of the a, a lot of the graffiti that I did, like when I was younger, I, I really didn't care, like what other people, like if other people didn't like it or anything like that. You know, I was kind of doing it for for myself, you know, and not caring. Like if I cared so much, I would have never done that. Like some of the stuff that I that I did, but doing the bad stuff, 
it's a it's learning it's self discovery you know what i mean cuz i just never wanted to be uh you know just like a, a a photocopy of somebody else you know what i mean i just thought i wanted my work to like my graffiti to reflect my personality and you know the energy that i have you know um you know and from doing that from repetition that's that's how i developed what you know what my style is now i guess you know but i still like tr- am trying to do new stuff and i i you know i i don't i i don't want to ever stop learning you know like from living in thailand i got into doing digital stuff i got into doing like stuff with music videos and all different other types of mediums and i i like doing stuff with new mediums you know but the the crazy thing is is like Graffiti, you know, I, I here I didn't do that much graffiti. I did some, but not not that much, honestly. And you know, I I I did graffiti because it's fun and I, and I love to do it. So I know next year I need to get out and do it more Stop again. again. I stopped it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty goofy. So yeah, I think I think any art. Anybody does, they should do it because it comes from the soul, not because, I mean, yeah, of course, everyone cares somewhat when other people interpret what they do as, but I try not to because I just sell myself short anytime I do that, do that I found. I don't really care what anybody thinks about my art and my creativity at this point. They can either like it or don't. I don't give two fucks. But I think that's such a big thing about doing art is that people should know that because somebody's like, oh, I can never do this for a living. Not everything you do is for a living. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. I rap. I don't rap for a living. I do art for a living. But I, I, I rap because I want to do it. You know what I mean? It's like self-expression. So people can look at that as, you know, artist therapy. It could be a great way, you know, like a great way for them to, you know, unwind or productive use of use of their time you know because right now you know the most precious thing everybody knows this man the most precious thing we have is time when we die there's no more time time's over with now you might believe in the afterlife reincarnation all this stuff but time is valuable when you start getting older and now we have we have the time so now's the time if somebody has a hobby that they always wanted to do to do it you can look on the internet you can find Yo, shout out to you, Mr. Action J. Jackson. Salute. <laughs> my, and shout, uh, out my, to every, shout out to everybody who's waved and said hi. Yeah, for real. Who's gonna listen. And also, this is a podcast on my buddy Chip. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Chip7. Um, and we're going to have it up on Spotify and other things, too. Apple, so people can listen to their names being shouted out on. On this too, so that's always good. We'll get a little shout out. For like sure. Instagram route of this, it's different. But anyway, so yeah, I found it. Yeah, people, you know, strike anywhere has that where don't let the symbol, don't let the symbols of society and the billboards of man make you feel any less important, important in this world. Meaning like. You know, the society dictates a lot of shit at you and has ways of making people feel unimportant, like they're just slaves on machines and, you know, get out there yeah. and try to create these things. And 
it's truly free. We're as free as you can get. We're always going to be a slave as long as we're in this body. As long as we're in this body, you're a slave to something you have to eat, you have to drink. It's an interesting thing about, I don't really look at it as slavery because this life was meant to happen. We wouldn't be here if we weren't supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, with all like the said, suffering, all the suffering, all the happiness, all the joy, all the sadness, all the things in between you feel in this life, you're meant to feel. And I think a lot of times people don't have ways to express those things or try to shut them out because they don't know how to take them on. Well, I, I think I think too. I think too. With graffiti, it's like so many so many people that I encountered in graffiti over my life. It's like graffiti was like a coping mechanism for something else that was going on. And a lot of these guys were able to, you know, translate it. it when 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 I start, first started writing graffiti, there wasn't that many people doing graffiti as as a quote unquote job. You know, there was there were some people that were really amazingly talented like cats crew and there, there was some people like doing that but not that much where now you know somebody could be in art school and look at graffiti as this is a career you know this is a career path i want to get into doing you know graffiti and doing graffiti jobs and, and stuff like that you know that's crazy but, to me to think about that but yeah you're right but if you just talking about like kansas city is like if if some of the people we, we were friends with in Kansas City, it's like they're world-famous artists now. You know what I mean? Like these guys have fan club. They have people collecting their work all over the world. And it's great that all these interesting people that I got to encounter from graffiti that, you know, it's people from all it's different walks of life, man. Saying, I hate this thing. I'm going to set this thing down for a minute. I think that's best. That thing fucks up if you touch it. It's got some sensor mechanism on you for sure, so, man. So, so, <laughs> the algorithm's got it. Oh, man. So, no, but, like, you know, graffiti is all different types of people from all different types of walks of life. And I think, like, from it, – it allowed me to travel. It allowed me to go to all these different places, know people in all these different towns because somebody knows somebody else or something like this. People in Mayhem, we had people from all over the – we had people from all over the country in our crew, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, we're well, able to... I mean, it's the that needs you, and also punk and all those things allow me to travel to different towns and meet different people. So, yeah, it's very much so. Yeah, because, you know, because there's, I'm sure there's people that you know, there's people I know, too, from, a, from high school that don't really travel and are still kind of in the same town that they grew up in, like... It, Graffiti gave me an opportunity to travel, and it made me want to travel. It made me want to go to Paint Lewis. It made me want to go to Scribble Jam. It made me want to go, like, you know, get out there and meet other writers. And um, when I think it really, like, helps you get out of the box of society because also graffiti, you're doing, you're out a lot at night, and you're seeing things that maybe normal people didn't see. And it's just, you know, it, it's really, like, Man, I don't know if if I didn't if I never wrote graffiti, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's real. I don't. It's kind of crazy to think about those things. Yeah, I don't know what I'd be doing with my life if I had never done things I did. Well, we'd probably be on some more successful career path. We would probably. No, I feel I. I, I mean, I feel my lifestyle, man, like, uh, you know, straight up. I, I prefer my lifestyle that I have, that I have, and what I've, I've been, I've been very blessed. 
So it's just kind of yeah. like I guess some of my friends. I guess one of my old band members. I saw him. My old band member Ben Byers sent from an old band we did called Torn within an Arms in Kansas City. Kind of like kind of very hope conspiracy sounding and different things. But I, I was always curious to happen to what, what happened to one of our guitar players. You know, he kind of dropped out of stuff anyways to some degree. But I guess he became a doctor and has his own practices now and stuff. But my, some of my friends are still in contact with him. Apparently still very nice. He's went in a professional career path. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, shout out to the Good Times crew. What's up? I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like with with all this stuff, like, you know, um, you know, like, I, I think, like, for me, it's like, Quality of life is so important, man. It's not like the salary. I have a bunch of friends that make, you know, a lot more money than me that, you know, but for me, I I just, I enjoy quality of life. You know, I have a roof over my head. Uh, You know, I'm lucky I have a, I have a, you know, a nice woman I'm married to and, you know, I get to do what I love and quality of life and and peace of mind is is very important because there's so many people that are, that have jobs that make a lot of money, but they're, the job is slowly killing them, you know what I mean? Like, or they go and just get into all types of debauchery to, like, forget about the job. So it's to each his own. Because also some people have kids or some people have to, you know, I don't have any kids. So, you know, I just have to support myself. You know, some other people have families. So maybe they have to get, they have to uh, switch up their lifestyle for that. Or they have other people they have to support and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, Mark, we don't have kids. She has a, you know, she, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed for her to have her in my life. Like, if there is a such thing, you know what I mean. It's, um, but she's, she's lucky to be in a profession she enjoys. She, she enjoys like some clinical social work. Sometimes it beats her down. Sometimes it wears her down. But I feel like anytime you do something you love for a living, also it can beat you down. She's really, she's really fascinated by the human mind and how it works and. I am too. It's one of the reasons I love talking to people on this cast is seeing where they come from, come different flames, different worlds of life. Yeah. And talking about little ideas people can do out there during these crazy times, just having some communication. I think it's important to communicate. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely important to communicate. There's no question about that. And, um, and everybody is free to express themselves. And everybody's saying hi or listening or joining in. We also love you all. And thanks for saying hi to us and communicating with us by just listening to our talks of Chip's art. Chip's yeah, music. for sure. Shout out to everybody popping in and out. That's It's, it's really cool. This, uh, cause I, I, especially on a holiday. Yeah, especially on a holiday. Happy holidays, everyone, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I guess this kind of gets some of my friends. I even have friends that don't really have places to go on this holiday, so shout-out to all of you. Yeah, shout-out to everybody at home, just sitting at home on the holidays, you know? Yeah. Anyways, let's keep let's keep going. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to always ask you, when was the first time you picked up a pen or ever drew in the life or got into art, and what opened that Pandora's box for you? Uh, my mom... My mom is the first person that gave me a pen when I was, when I was quite, I think it was like, a, I think she said I used, 
I used to draw draw myself to sleep, but the thing is, it's like, um, so she would do it as a, like a activity kind of to keep myself busy, and she said I used to draw myself to sleep kind of the same kind of abstract kind of stuff that I still do. I would, you know, just this kind of really loose doodling with pens. And it's interesting too, because my mom used to always have these pens called Le Pen that were from Japan. And they still, they, yeah, they, 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 they still sell them out here. And I actually now start buying them by like, you know, by the, by the box full. Cause they're really great uh, technical pens to draw with. And she also had, um, she also had another pen that was from Rotoring called an art pen, which was like a calligraphy pen that was refillable. And when I first came out here, they I, they still had some at, at the mall, and I bought some of that. So my mom always kind of kept art supplies, and she always encouraged me to um, to do art and to make art. And um, she always had books and all types of stuff to try to, you know, she'd take us to museums, and she she always... You know, she was an artist herself when she was younger, so she always um, encouraged me to, to, to do that. And when, when I was doing graffiti, she, she was never anti-graffiti. She, she was just more worried about me getting in trouble, you know what I mean? Like, my, my, mom, my mom, too. My mom was an art high school teacher. Fuck. My mom, my mom, I don't know how she raised me and dealt with the shit she dealt with being, being an artist, but she definitely drew made me pursue, like, pursue drawing in that form of art. I see my Uncle Chris, who was in Guns N' Roses, a tool, and re- recorded videos and other stuff, definitely had me gravitate towards music, seeing him. It's like, and, you know, Guns N' Roses is a tool. I'm not saying he hasn't been, he's been grateful for those opportunities and stuff, but um, it's never been his style of music. He's always been a new order, the Peshma, Joy Division, noise guy. Yeah. Since guy, sometimes in this life, I guess you got to do what pays the bill, what pays the bills at some, at some point. But I shout out, shout out to Chris Pittman, or yeah, shout out to my mom. Yeah, my mom. But yeah, it'd be funny. Her students would see my bands play or see me strangling myself with a mic cord. And she'd have to hear about it because, like, they would end up being at some show. I was playing, I'd go in some emotional deranged. I mean, I had a lot of childhood fucked up shit. I, my mom had trouble communicating because she communicates to her. She's an artist, and my dad wasn't really present. So, you know, I had a lot of, or he was present sometimes, but he was just, you know, not the best. Like, he's chasing younger women and doing what older got what some older single sleazy guys kind of do, have money, you know, not really paying attention to his family. And I guess that caused a lot of resentment and rage. And to see my mom struggle through growing up to even put herself through school. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons I got, I drew to the things I drew to. Yeah, for sure. It's a release, man. This stuff is all a release for us. You know what I mean? It's all a release. release. I think about it it a lot of times. Man, I wish there would have been some kid who discovered this stuff and never had it or something and went out and did something stupid. That went out and did something stupid, like shot somebody or did something. I wish they would have found music or art or something. Well, the other thing I think, I think, Brett, is there's so much people that are undiagnosed with things. You know, no, think about the amount of stuff. It also comes from economic lines in certain ways. People are raised. I'm talking about the, the kid who's angry or comes from the suburbs and shoots 
I mean, never let Hollywood corrupt his shit. Always let Maiden tell his storyline for his storyline. We appreciate that about him. Thank for you sure. It's also a question that we were even talking about. Sin City, it shows even the kind of like the good guys are still bad guys. It kind of shows how humans aren't perfect. It kind of shows how we all have a good side to us even when we're fucked up. For sure. And all the stuff he did on Daredevil, too. I mean, he was bringing very adult themes. I used to read Daredevil when I was a kid, like off the off the news, off the, you know, the 75 cent rack and, you know, from 7-Eleven. used to be able to just buy comic books at 7-Eleven off that spin rack. And I remember he, he, he this, some of the stuff he did for Daredevil was, was, was very adult, you know what I mean? It wasn't the standard Marvel comic, you know, but... <laughs> Even so, the Dark Knight stuff, even the Dark Knight stuff he did with Batman. Yeah. Oh, shout out to the seventh letter. Checking in. Merry Christmas. But so, so yeah, so um, it, it, was a, it was a homage to comic books. Then the the, the sixth song was also with um, Could Not. That actually was used on, um, that was called uh, We Come in Peace. Um, so I actually did two songs with him. The seventh song I did was called Phelps. That's, uh, all, I mean, a lot of this stuff has a water theme, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, when they talk about psychedelics, they said it comes from being a sailor of the soul, like going deep within. And when I was floating and doing all this stuff, I was really just like going deep into memories and my subconscious. And like I said, some of the stuff I didn't even really understand or couldn't well, probably interpret. Mean- well, like I said earlier in this cast, like we're doing it here on Instagram, we're going to be on Apple and Spotify and other things too. Um, what I was, what we were talking about earlier, even when you're super straight edge, your shit the psychedelic, your artwork. Yeah, 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 for sure. I always kind of did this this, this this sort of style, you know, and um, you know, I always drew this like. The, these kind of forms and patterns since I was a little kid. I don't, I don't know where it came from. It was, it's a lot of automatic drawing, you know. It's a lot of just taking the pen out and letting it flow. Um, yeah. And then the eighth song was called Magical Creature. That was about, like, simulation and simulated reality. Then, then after that, the, the ninth song I did was Emoji Talks. That was the posse cut. So that was, like, that was the song I had to do with Tame One from Artifacts, Prince Poe from Organized Confusion, Tom from Southside, Big Callow from Titanium, and my first graffiti partner, uh, Tassel Bashir. And the crazy thing was that I had lost contact with Tassel Bashir. Like, I hadn't talked with him since the 90s. And somehow we reconnected on maybe Facebook. And he's, well, we haven't, he, ta- we, haven't talked, we haven't talked for a really long time up at one point, and we reconnected through... Facebook, so give a shout-out to, I guess, social media for those good things. Yeah, you can reach out to people that you hadn't taught and reconnect. So that so that was the ninth one, and then um, the tenth song was, was called um, The Way Up. That was with Big Callow from Titanium and C.D. Gunty, um, a rapper from Thailand. Then I had a song, I'm Good. Then after that, Persevering. Then Look, and then... Um, High road, so now it's fourteen. So yeah, fourteen, fourteen tracks. And what rapper is featured in High Road? To you have High Road is Radio Three Thousand. Radio Three Thousand is really dope artist from America, but he's been working and living in Asia for um, for a while. Really talented 
you know, it's good. It's good having these these friendships and these things that that sometimes holds you down when the waves do get tough, tough, and just even memories. Sometimes even memories of that shit, you know. And you also like these are good times too. It's good to always have the good times, but it's good to have memories of friends when you are feeling. Oh, absolutely! It's great to have it. it they, they even people who have passed on can still live, you know, live in memories. And it's like that was the thing with with going into the isolation tank and floating. There were so many memories that I had that I actually had forgotten from childhood, or this is this random stuff that I was just like, you know, it's stuff that's in our subconscious, but it, it gets buried. You know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah, memories are important, man. I, I always, you know, posting, because a lot of times people send me old uh, pictures of stuff I don't have pictures of, so I'll repost it on my IG or something like that. It's not like I'm stuck in the past, but I think it's important to look to the past to see where you're going in the future, you know, and appreciate what you have based on, you know, things things in the past, man, because I remember there was, you know, time periods in my life where, I think I had like a Keith Sweat autographed dollar and I, I, I used it to buy a sandwich because I didn't have, you know, any more money. I remember we were eating like, you know, onion was that, soup. Was that, was that in KC? Was that in KC? Uh, I think KC. There, maybe there was, there was uh, you know, we there was some. some we, had some good, we had some good times. There, there were some hard times at times too. There was definitely. Yeah, I think the good thing. Hard times when we lived I, together, we all came through. I think the good, I think I think Kansas City I I definitely had um some of the best times of my life there's no doubt about that but there was also some rough times too and it's like I just I don't know that time period we're I was so just we're so poor some sometimes man I'm I'm thankful I moved past some of that shit <laughs> the shit I was I was on I was on borrowed time sometimes in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had. I think the the bad times was what for me was when I had to move away because when I moved away from Kansas City, I ended up, um, you know, I went back to Jersey, then I lived in Philly, and then I was trying to find my way to get back to Kansas City again, and then finally I was able to get back out there in 2003 and I'm I'm so glad I was able to get out there in that time period because that was just the that was a magical time period for 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 a minute when I was out there in 2003 you know what years was it we were both staying over at Well Boone's when we were both full and kind of crashing over there is that the 2003 period or yeah I think that was the 2000 I think it was 2003 like it was like um I think at first I had my own apartment, and then I think I lost my job, and then, you know, like, um, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. It was just like a, a big, and the other thing is, too, a vicious, vicious cycle, yeah. And then, like, um, you know. Well, we were all there for each other. So yeah. Time, it's a good time, so much better. It's just so crazy, like, to think, too, like, in those time periods where it's like, you know, it's like. You, like you think it was the end of the world, but it was like you know, it's like yeah, you have so much life and so much things ahead of you. But I, I was I was pretty bent out of shape. And then even when I went, I remember I went um, when I was on the road with Theta, you know, um, 
you know, like, uh, then I was like, okay, started, like, being able to travel and go out and go to all these places and meet all these cool people, you know, I got, you know, it's like, it was like a breath of fresh air, man. It was a, it was a lot of fun. That was, that was a great, that was a great opportunity. And then right after that, um, I started working as Daylix assistant, which that was a great opportunity too. You know, I moved to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina and started working for him. And I actually learned a lot of stuff from his studio that I applied to what I do, not just painting wise, but also just like, you know, cause the thing is with art, you know, you go to I'm art good. school. I'm lucky. I'm lucky oh. enough to pay him too. And he's just an amazing artist also. Oh, for sure. So, Shout out to him, man. You, yeah, but there's things you can learn from some of these other artists or from the streets. Art school would never teach you. Right? But this is you. the main, well, but no, what I was going to say, the main thing is, you go to art school, but they don't teach you anything about business in art school. So they teach you all the technique stuff, but you don't know any of the business stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's such an important thing, like being an artist to, to kind of know your business. And even like with me, I haven't always been such a business minded person. I've just been trying to, I've always been trying to, you know, keeping myself busy or I've been blessed to have projects or do all, you know, um, stuff and just keep myself busy but you know they don't teach any of that stuff in art school man you know what i mean they don't teach the business stuff you know about art you know and uh so working for him it was nice because he's a working artist he's a professional artist you know he's selling his you know he's selling his paintings and his paintings are in museums and stuff like that and i was getting to 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 roll with him and you know, he kind of is like a big brother to me in a lot of capacities. So it was, that was a great experience. And then after that, I was in Richmond. Then, then I ended up coming here. And Richmond was nice, too, because, like, you know, I have a lot of good friends there. But same thing. It's like same. we were saying about Kansas City. That, yeah, it's a great town. But it's like, the, you know. 1,500 studios there. Yeah, for sure. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, because I remember, like, when I moved from Raleigh, I, I was living in Richmond, and I was living in a, in a, I had all my stuff from my apartment, and I was living in my boy's basement. And I remember, like, uh, you know, one of my friends came down there. He's like, yo, man, this looks like you, you're, you're living like a serial killer. What the hell's going on here, man? You got, like, a curtain, and you know what I mean? But it was, like, just the crash landing, you know, so many times. There's so many times when you have to move somewhere, it wasn't planned move, you know. It was, like emergency or something like that that's why you had to move but i'm I, i'm glad i lived in all these places that i made a lot of um good friends and and i had a lot of nice experiences in all these places and i got a lot of nice opportunities you know i got to like have art shows at these places and travel and have people collect my work and interact with people so it's that that's the other thing about being an artist or a musician or whatever you do You've got to get out there. You've got to get out to the world. You can't always just keep it to yourself. You know, you got to find a venue or a way that you can push it out there. Like when I worked for Theta, I was even making art and selling at the merch table. You know what I mean? Like we were doing that. I was make, we were making, we, we even did like a traveling art show where we were just making art and selling it on the merch table. And I, and kidding. for anybody who's wondering what Theta is from autumn to ashes, yeah. Yeah. So 
so that was a great opportunity too because you know we were on the road and to be able to make like small pieces and 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 buy the frames and sell them and stuff like that it's just like you know it, it's just important to 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 get out there you know to 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 interact and 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 show people what you what you're doing you know but it's also important too to like well, you know Fran, Fran even has a lyric that's kind of saying what you're saying it says it's uh like it's uh, when uh when the line says you're something like a pistol that's been polished and primed but it never leaves the holster it can never save your life you're something yeah. like a kid that's been stretched and primed it can become something priceless or a waste of time yeah yeah a waste of time something like that and it's very much true that that almost says that like if you just have these ideas stuck in your head and never put them out there what's well, really going to do well Brett especially now you know this, the future is so uncertain it's like if anybody ever wanted to do something now's the time you know and there's so many YouTube tutorial videos that you could go and learn stuff that you want to know about you know and get the basic building blocks to start doing it you know you might still have to put in all, all a lot of time but you know, you you can learn a lot of stuff now from just from YouTube and other other in, you know websites on the internet that these how-to videos and stuff like this, you know. So it's like, cause, cause so many people get into doing stuff when they 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 want to do stuff, but they don't have time, and then they do it when they you know when they actually retire. And sometimes people pass away even before they get to retire. You know what I mean? So they never get to do the stuff. Yeah, so. it kind of goes back to we live in this world where a lot of people are unfortunately worked to death. It's yeah, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because it's not just like physical; it also is crushing of 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 this of the spirit. You know what I mean? So I think people, like you said, they need releases. They need ways to express themselves. You know what I mean? So you 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 got. It has to be that, well, it doesn't have to be that way for everybody, but for at least for me, yeah, it has to be that way. Like, I'm going to start incorporating a lot of, like, like the show I was supposed to do yesterday that got canceled, I actually had, like, these, you know, happy holidays back. yeah, yeah, saying happy holidays back. <laughs> But no, the, yeah, the so show, I've the show. So I've been paying attention to everybody's things, but hi everybody to this podcast and all yeah, that shout out to everybody. Podcast uh, and also it's going to be, like I said, a thousand times on the Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which will understand soul. Yeah, and shout you. out to everybody that's been popping in to say hello, Merry Christmas. Yeah, shout Merry out to Christmas. everybody. But even the show I was going to do yesterday, it had an element of like I was going to do some some workshop stuff because it was is yesterday you know it was like it was going to be a birthday party. We we had an art show and then there would be a workshop stuff and then we were going to have like a concert too. So we're trying to incorporate all these different things where it's like actually like very interactive, getting the crowd like to actually make artwork with us and get very interactive. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so, it. That's it. So the next time, the next time we do it, I'm definitely going to incorporate uh, those ideas in, into into that of the stuff I plan. So we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know. Oh, also, 
I guess I said white motherfuckers earlier, and also nobody can help how they're born. Also, I want to make that clear. And um, yeah, yeah. And also, I'm a too. For people who don't know, I have a high percentage of Native American. My grandma was fully Native American on my dad's side. Bless her soul for putting up with this shit and this brothership probably growing up. For sure. Dealing with, dealing with the military husband, I'm sure it wasn't easy in that time period for her. So shout out to strong women. For sure. Shout out to strong shout out to strong women. Yes. Yeah, she's uh she's full blooded charity. So oh, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways we we're going on to uh yeah, these times so you're doing a workshop. The idea was the workshop because it's your birthday. It was your birthday too, right? How yeah. are you now? What did you turn to? 44, man. I turned 44. <laughs> I'm going to be turning 40 in September. I'm right. Um, like, we, might well be the, we might as well be the same age, bro. We might as well be the same age now. Huh. <laughs> you don't know what I'm saying. Um, good old Eric Wood from Bastard Noise and a lot of other things. He's, he's around 60 and still going. Woods in his 50s still go, and there's a lot of people still going. you got to keep moving. You have to, for sure. You have to keep moving. You can't stop. you got to be like, you got to be like, you got to keep moving, man. It's important. No, for sure. you gotta, you got to keep going, man. I have a bunch. Of, um, the thing is with Thailand, there's a bunch of my friends that are older than me that, that still party, and they're still out and about. And the hip hop scene in Thailand got everything from 15 year old rapper to a 50 year old, you know? So we have the whole kind of like family tree or the whole like lineage and everybody, not everybody's cool with each other, but most people know someone else and it's pretty friendly. So that's, that's, yeah. that's the cool thing about living out here. You know what I mean? There's, we, you know, it, and I never, I never feel, I never really feel old like out here because I think it's a situation where like, um, yeah, I have friends that are older than me that are still out where in the States, a lot of my friends, they're not, you know, they're, they, they have families and they don't go out anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think it's even like funny how, yeah, there's a lot of people just always keep their passions, whether they, they ever make anything off of it or not. And that's a beautiful thing. Because we, we were even talking about it, a lot of the people who make it a lot of times usually have some kind of big big backing or either have something backing them. As you said, a lot of times you'll have some young kid trying to give you advice if they see has the hottest rap video. No, no, no just say young kid, but he thinks he's going to make it off of that catchy song, but he doesn't understand that the odds truly are stacked up against you sometimes if you don't have some kind of money back you're specific. Well, are they, the music, the rural people sometimes have to understand. It's everything, and in, 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 in any in, in any industry, in any industry, you're gonna, you know, like, you know, you, you, you know, you. The, the thing is, I I saw a thing with the producer Prince Paul, and he said that he always just didn't spend a lot of money because he had. You know, he produced, he was the drummer of Stethosonic, and he also produced De La Soul. Um, 
And he did the Handsome Boy Modeling School. He did his own his own Prince Among Thieves album. But he does kind of alternative style production. And he said he knew the type of stuff he did was a, kind of a fringe thing, and it would be peaks and valleys. So he never he said he never really wasted money. He knew that he had to be conservative with his money because there might be a long stretch where 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 he didn't get a paycheck. And he, he, but he said because he was able to do this, he was able to stay free creatively and just do the projects he wanted to do. He never did stuff that he didn't want to do, which, you know, I don't think a lot of people could say that. You know, if you can do that in life, that's, that, that's freedom, man. If you're doing what you want to do and the projects you want to do, that, that, that's freedom. You know what I mean? So. And uh, yeah, that's true. And, um, there's a lot of people that get um, but people get chewed up by the music industry too. Yeah, but I mean, and I think this is some, some people that's good. Some people have that one hit, hit wonder, and it makes some money the rest of their lives to get some kind of royalty off of and stay significant somewhere in the limelight for the rest of their their existence. Their existence, you know what I mean? You know, there's groups that, you know, there's like that, there was that I Love the 90s tour not too long ago with a bunch of the 90s artists on like DLC. Well, the the bottom line is, the bottom, the bottom line is, I mean, there's just, there's, there's some groups that their, their music struck a chord with people that people like, you know, like we were saying, like Wu-Tang Clan, it's like, their music struck a chord with people. People are still listening to all their music over and over and over again 20 years later, 25 years later, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. Same with Fuji, same with a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. The 90s was a, the nineties was quite an era, man, but there's no question about that. That was a talented, that was a talented uh, era of rappers, man, the 90s. Yeah, it's um the nineties too. The nineties was shout out to Grandmaster Flash, one of my all time favorites. Oh for sure. Then but the 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 thing is too with like you know, the eight like the eighties and the nineties the the rappers were very like um, it was a lot of uh, orig- it was a lot of originality, man. You know what I mean? That that was such a that, that period of time was it, it, there was a lot of originality, man. A lot of diverse well, I like styles. I feel like a lot of that's gone away in some way. Wait, but it's still happening. There's still people getting original. There's just a lot of people don't know about them because you aren't going to know about stuff as being original until unless somebody with some big money backs it, then you may know about it. Well, or you might think something's original, but somebody else, you know, because everything's subjective, man. You know what I mean? Somebody might say, this is, this sounds original, but somebody says, oh, no, this sounds like this. Or, you know, yeah. like even with graffiti, like who's good, who isn't good. It's all subjective, man. It's all somebody's opinion. Rapping, too, it's like this guy's good. This guy's not good. It's a, it's a subjective opinion. It changes by the viewer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of like. You know, Refused is a prime example of a band that was like, didn't stop caring what people thought about them, number one. Number mm-hmm. two, they realized they had almost done everything you could do with hardcore. 
Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, it's just another hardcore song. So they realized everything in music you could almost do has been done. So let's take everything that's been done in music and mix it into one thing, the hardcore being in the background and throw yeah. all that stuff into our songs. And it was just kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? And yeah, everything's very subjective. It is, so, it is. It's subjective with graffiti. Somebody that, yeah, this guy's great. This guy sucks. Rap too. Oh, this guy's trash. This guy's so it's 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 subjective. It, as, it, I, as I knew, as I knew people that weren't feeling. I knew people that weren't feeling shape of punk to come. No, no, no. There was a lot of people that that they didn't want. You know, like there was a lot of people that didn't like this stuff that deviated from in you know like in anything graffiti too you have a lot of like people that are traditionalists they want tribal things to be tribal mentality yeah or traditionalists they won't you know what i mean they don't they you know and so it's like but it is what it is man it's all that's that's why it's too you can't get too bent out of shape with like you know for for some artists, if somebody says, hey, you suck or something like that, it's just like, yo, it's it's all subjective, man. Depends on yeah, the viewer. Yeah, it's all subjective. That's exactly right. And speaking of refused, Dennis Blairnix will be on the Suspended Soul podcast sometime soon. Maybe I'll do another live thing like this one with you. Oh, that would be Aaron sick, man. you gotta, you got to let me know for that one, man. Yeah, you're on the Spotify and the Apple, too. And people should listen to the other episodes that are up on Spotify and Apple and Anchor. If you don't have Spotify or Apple, you can listen to it on Anchor Podcasts for free. And this episode will be up there, too. And I think it goes up on SoundCloud and other stuff. So that there's the little shout-outs. And, yeah, shout-outs to everybody who's creating out there in these crazy times. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep, um, keep creating, too. Keep Keep creating. Yeah, but isn't it kind of... Do you think it's kind of wild to you? You've actually gone to like, I mean, just everything is subjective. You have people that doubt you, but then you've gone, you've reached out to some people who you've really respected, like people from Artifacts and other things, and gone to work with. You know, it's kind of crazy how that how that world really works. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like everything's subjective, but obviously whatever you were doing, those guys thought were cool enough where they're like, yeah, we'll be a part of it. We'll I mean, it, I mean, I think it's important too for 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 artists also to pay homage to people that they that to their heroes. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, ever be too cheap to pay homage, man. You know what I mean? Like, because now with with everything, you know, with like with graffiti, with 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 all this stuff there's there's a lot of ageism you know what i mean there's a lot of older people that say oh the younger generation sucks and then there's the younger generation oh you guys are old and wa- washed up you know what i mean <laughs> like you know there's a lot of ageism man so that's always going to happen i guess there's probably, probably that's always probably been going yeah for sure a lot of i guess i guess everybody feels like they have to do something new when Sometimes maybe everything's been done. Just create out of your soul and your heart. That's what I feel like. I feel For like. sure. For sure. Like. But then every once in a while you get a you get a true motherfucker like you. Chip. You do some. You honestly do some graph. I've never seen some shit that looks like some of the stuff you do. 
Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that, bro. Don't get me wrong. There's some other artists that use some very dynamic stuff in their shit where they do similar, like, standout type of shit, but yours has a very distinct detail of it, too. Thank you, man. And it's not, but at the same time, it's always, I feel like it's visually creative, like, especially that one. You almost have to look into that one you did in Kansas City I talked about earlier. It was from Town Topic to even read your name because you did it in such a visual, creative, like, mysterious way. Way, But if you look at it, you can still tell what it says. It's really, really that great. Well, thank great you, man. Like, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, and I don't, I've talked about the songs this podcast and this thing is never it's never bad to tell your friends you like what they do or compliment your No, friends. for sure. It's, it's, I think it's important to do that. And like I said, pay homage to people that you, you grew up, you know, looking at their stuff or, or, you know, that were your heroes. Yeah, and I'm sure that was part of it. You probably told those guys you wanted to do some stuff with them that were pretty much like heroes to you. And they're probably like, all right, let's do it. You know, I'm sure it took some time. It probably takes time to make things like that happen, but I'm sure after a while it worked out. You know, I'm sure, usually, usually it always takes some, you know, I don't know how fast that happened for you. I, I don't know how, was that a fast thing getting to work with, with some of those guys? No, it wasn't. It was no, it wasn't. Some, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was like we just, it, the, how that song came together was, Tassel Bashir had had done a, had had started working on a song with Prince Poe, and they never put it out. And um, it was Tassel Bashir still had it, and he was like, "Hey, I have this, but I never put it out." And so, what happened was, I I started talking to Tassel Bashir because we were, you know, that was the first graffiti partner I had. That you know, we used to go take trade into the city and. Um, go walk around in the city and catch tags and stuff like this. And we were. Uh, he was actually writing before me, but he was younger than me. He started writing, I think, when he was like 12 or something, man. And um, I, I don't even remember how me and him met, but uh, we, 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 we started. I remember like going and watching videograph at his house and going to his side of town and painting. And. Uh, he is actually he a no, no, he's a ra- he's he's a rapper. So he got into like he he got into he got heavy into 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 rap and and kind of fell out of graph, I think, a little bit. And then he started doing graph again and doing a little bit. But we were just discussing, you know, like oh, you know, who who because that song emoji talks. Actually, there was a there was there was a bunch of people that were supposed to be on that song, and then some of them didn't. Uh, send the verse in time it was it was a lot of stuff but we our, our concept for that was like he had the 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 verse with prince poe that they had done together but it wasn't released so we were discussing like who else would we want to get on it and and tame was one of the people that we were like yeah you know this guy's a legend he's legend in rap graffiti djs you know what i mean he's a big part of new jersey hip-hop history for real and then we also like got uh my friend Callow from titania my friend pop top from Southside. so we got we were mixing the tie um 
groups with the uh, New Jersey. Yeah, with Jersey and the Queens groups. So that's how that happened. And it's funny, too, because, you know, the Prince Poe, the second song I, I did with him, they, it, that was, look, that was the last song I put out before High Road. And that song, it's just, you know, the beat changes and it's Prince Poe's verse. But what had happened was, like, I had that verse from Prince Poe that he did, which he just killed that verse, man. And it, like... You know, it was kind of on an 808 beat, but it just shows you these guys from the 90s. They're just true artists, man. These guys can rap over anything, man. They could rap over over. These guys can these guys can rap over anything and just kill the verse. But anyways, I had had it, and then when COVID and all this stuff happened, I was just like, man, this is the kind of the end of this Lemurland project. And I don't know if even I'm going to be putting. We don't know what's going to happen. And this is already at the end of the project anyways. You know, I need to start now doing the comic book. Because the comic book is going to take... I made a lot of the stuff for the comic book already. I made a lot of the art. I started doing storyboard. I did a lot of this stuff, but it's still, like, a lot more work. So from going in that float tank, I started having this idea to do this thing that ends up being, like, we're talking about now it's three years of, of putting this stuff out. So now I got to get into doing the comic book, which that might be another year, you know, that's, 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 that's like, you know what I mean? That's like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time and energy, you know what I mean? But it's been like such a fun adventure too, you know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, adventures are like that. They're always interesting. Well, I think we've been here about the three-hour mark. Uh, okay. We want to wrap this up, or you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll probably go to sleep pretty soon, man. I only slept like a few yeah. hours last night. Yeah, so um, I'm going to shout out to my lady, Margo, also for always being compassionate and sensitive to when I do these things in our cats. If you just want to oh. see them, they're going over. Oh, yeah. nice. We're in the middle uh-huh. of the move. Stuff's kind of wild here. We saw a couple things last week. But anyways, um yeah, um any shout outs you wanna give and also where can people check out your art and um like I once once again for people this has been a suspended soul podcast that will be up on all those other formats I mentioned earlier and there will be a cassette tape coming out on the label Purchase probably closer to the time when the comic book's ready, too. I don't know. We're planning on doing that. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give a shout-out to my wife, Yamila. Give a shout-out to all my friends in Bangkok City, all over the world. Shout-out to all the people in Mayhem Crew. Shout-out to Bangkok Invaders. Um, my mom. And just wish everyone happy holidays. and. Uh, also, yeah. we're here in Chicago. We we're speaking from Chicago. Let's also give a shout out to Jordan and Dirty Thirty. For sure. For sure. For sure. Friendly ones. Anyways, I love you. It's been good talking to you, buddy, on here. Yeah. Um, good, good talking to you, too, man. I'm glad we got to talk about art, some of the stuff. Got us into it. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice the, talking to you. And so, yeah, the tapes can 
Is the tape going to be called Lemurland? Is that where we're titling it? To the tape yeah, series? for sure. For sure. It's going to be Lemurland. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, where can people check out your videos? Just on YouTube, right? Uh, you know, yeah. My, if, if you look on the link in my, you know, my Instagram is uh, chip7live, C-H-I-P, number 7, L-I-V-E-S. There's a link to High Road on YouTube. High Road with me and Radio 3000, and that's my YouTube channel. It's computer, C-O-M-P-U-T-E-R-C-H-I-P-7, computer chip 7, on YouTube. So you can check stuff out there. And then I also have a website, chip7art.com, which there's a link of that on my page, too. So people can check out my, my work, my commercial work, and some of the commission stuff I've done. Yeah, you can check you out on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Yeah, Instagram for sure, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I guess it's been this episode of Spencil Podcast with the new chip here. Thank you. All right, thank you, brother. Peace, man. Peace. I love you, buddy. Yeah, much love, man. Peace. Peace. Let's stop this. There's no X there? Let's... <laughs>